Hello, and thank you for listening to episode 26 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave, and once again it's that time of the month when I'm going to be joined by Chris and Ramrod to chat about all the things that have entertained us over the previous month. So please sit back, relax, and get comfortable for this month's entertainment show. Right, we're back after a very short break. What are we doing recording this quick? It's not like us. We should wait, you know, months as we have done. We're almost catching up. What's going on? We're well, 50 now, so we haven't got long left to record these days. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to get as many as we fucking can. Is that it? We should record a few over the next few days then and just have a backlog ready for when they do go. <laughs> Anything could happen. I mean, fucking hell. I mean, Silla Black's gone. You're next, mate. It may be even be halfway through this. You just don't know. <laughs> if I just go quiet, carry on without me, all right. Chris no, can I'm edit. Gonna, it's fine. I'm going to run away with your PS4 and that's that. <laughs> <laughs> Me I'm and Chris will fight on. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna r- we'll run away from the both of you then. That's okay. Uh, right then, before I pop my clogs, um, Ramrod, to take us away with this episode. Then, how do you want to start it? Well, seeing as it's been it's been a bit of an odd week, um, I wanted to get this out of the way first, and I just wanted to have a little moment for Rowdy Roddy Piper. Um, a, a massive hero, a massive inspiration, a massive influence, not to myself, but to probably hundreds of millions of men and women all over the world, um, was sadly taken from us. Uh, as me and Dave shared uh, a few drinks and a birthday celebration, it became rather a somber night where we learned that Roddy Roddy Piper had passed. So I just wanted to get out of the way because we want to have laughs and fun and everything, but I, I can't go without mentioning that man. And obviously they live because of what a huge movie it is to me. Um, so RIP hot rod. And I'm sure you'll all join me in that. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, we were having like a birthday night round at yours and I, you know what? I can't even remember because it was getting a bit late on in the night. I can't remember what film we were watching when Tom messaged me the news that Roddy Piper had died which obviously you thought, no, that's not true. That's not true. I know. Uh, which unfortunately was the case. And then we, we put They Live On with the commentary on, didn't we? And we sat and watched that. We watched the whole thing and we made some cheeky little videos and we paid tribute to him. We did. We didn't wrestle. I was a bit disappointed. Because <laughs> I, I, I got my kilt ready and I thought, yeah, but you didn't seem interested, Dave. Maybe it's your age now. I don't know. But I'm past that now. I'm too old now. That's it. Yeah. So, uh, so a little moment for Rowdy Roddy Piper because you know it's a it's a sad loss. Definitely. You know. Yeah. And uh, and it was strange as well. I thought because nothing was mentioned. I know it shouldn't be like the top headline news. Rowdy Roddy Piper has died with everything going on in the world. But there's been no mention of it, and I think it's a bit odd because I think this old, really old French singer died at the same time, like eighty odd years of age. She's had her life over twice again, and I've never heard of it. And it was like, oh, the singer. Has died, and I thought, what? Fuck it, fuck it, <laughs> fuck it. Hot Rod's dead, you know. So um, yeah, it was it was a sad night. But anyway, we we watched They Live with a commentary on. It's as magnificent as ever. Oh yeah. Uh, so anyway, that that bullshit's out the way. Um, I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk. Can about... I just? I've got to talk about Hot Rod. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Chris, go. Oh, go on. I was going. I was going to say. Gonna... Yeah, I mean, obviously they live, but um, I, I, I'm not so much a fan of wrestling anymore. I've kind of like I've, I've fallen in and out of love with it for you know it's over the years and, and everything. Um, I'm not really currently watching it at the minute, but 
Survivor Series 1990 was my first ever pay-per-view that I watched. And I remember watching it around my nan's. Uh, I think my, my uncle had Sky at the time. So this was my introduction to the WWF. And uh, Roddy Piper wasn't wrestling, but he was commentating with Gorilla Monsoon. And they did a lot of the commentary for a lot of different the pay-per-views and stuff. And so that was my introduction to him. I know he'd done Day Live prior to that, because uh, I think was that 1980. Eight was it or yeah, it's late eighties. Yeah, so he'd done that, and I but I hadn't seen it at that stage. I think weirdly enough, I'd seen Hell Comes to Frogtown or caught a glimpse of it because it's just one of those names, doesn't it? It's just like <laughs> what the fuck is this about? But um, and but anyway, so it, I mean, back in the back in the day, so this was I was massively into wrestling at the time, and 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 Survivor Series kicked it off. This was the introduction to the Undertaker. Now this will mean something to some people. I mean. To, to you, Dave, probably doesn't mean fuck all, but <laughs> The Undertaker is still going with wrestling today, and so Christ, you know, was sort of like, tw- what, 26 years later down the line, is it 26? My math's shite. <laughs> <laughs> <Is it? laughs> 16, 26, whatever, since 1990. Um, but still, so it's like, well, that that was a big deal as well, because The Undertaker was massive, you know, back in the sort of like the 90s, and, and even still now. So, but... Um, his enthusiasm and sort of just he would get so into the commentary. Now, obviously, he kind of, I would imagine, knew what was going to happen because it's all kind of predetermined. But it didn't matter because he sold the match alone. It could have been the shittest match ever, but his enthusiasm sold it. Now, there's a big deal at the time, obviously, because the Gulf War was kicking off and, and whatever. And it obviously Thanksgiving in America, because that's what Survivor Series is all sort of around. It's Thanksgiving. So it's it's that time. And that's like, there was so much patriotic stuff, you know, around the troops and whatever. And there was, um, I think it was Nikolai Volkov had a, a team and whatever. And, and uh, what's his name? Sergeant Slaughter was actually, this is how weird uh, you know, wrestling was back in the day, was actually... An, an Iraqi sympathizer. <laughs> that was his character. <laughs> you know, you kind of got this for uh, like American drill instructor. That was his character before. He's now uh, t- t- teamed up with a guy called General Adnan, I think his name was. And he was like his manager. And he wa- he fucking went around waving an Iraqi flag. Oh Imagine God. that. Do you know what I mean? It's mental. And then you got this guy, Sergeant Slaughter, who was a right shitbag. Um, and he, he was like, kind of, like I said, he was like, kind of like saluting the Iraqi flag and everything and going mental. And then you got, say, Nikolai Volkov, who was a, a bad guy before that. He was a Russian dude. But he was now a good guy because he was like fighting with the Americans to sort of like, you know, stop this sort of evil Iraqi scourge. But anyway, that. I just wanted to say as well, as well as this obviously, you know, fa- fantastic film career, but it was just, he was like my introduction to wrestling and he was amazing and I loved listening to him and I'll still watch those matches now. I've got them on DVD and his commentary just, you know, he's uh, sort of like, you know, kind of, he would get so into it. Like, you know, it, it, you could tell he was enjoying it and he was excited and it was amazing so yeah that that was my, those are my memories of hot rod so yeah rest in peace man yeah and he got into podcasting as well didn't he he did piper's pit piper's pit what was, what was the show i listened to i think it's the first episode of his podcast where it was him and hacksaw jim duggan mm-hmm. and it was oh. just one of the funniest things you've ever heard in your life because hacksaw jim duggan i mean he looks like he's had that many head injuries and he can't even focus <laughs> on what he's doing but what a sharp 
sharp guy he is and so funny. I mean, I was, I was even too intimidated to meet him when he was at Comic-Con in Wrexham because I got within about 15 feet of him. And so he held up a two-by-four and he went, oh, and I was like, that's all I needed, really. <laughs> you know, but yeah, yeah he, he was such a huge personality, Hot Rod. And he transcended the wrestling and the movies and he was Rowdy Roddy Piper. It's like superhero, mm-hmm. you know, like Hulk Hogan, dare I say his name, you know, but... <laughs> Whatever's gone on there, I don't know. I don't even want to. I don't even want to know. He's still Hulk Hogan to me. But yeah, it's 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 a sad, sad loss because yeah, he was such. He was huge, wasn't he? Yeah. He was like he mm. was like a real life superhero, like a cartoon. Um, and Dave met him. Yeah, yeah. Me and Tina met him last year, didn't we? It was on the. It was my birthday week last year. We met him, and he was just an absolute gent. You know, couldn't fault him. He was like. A proper gentleman couldn't give enough time for his fans, and you know you go to some of these like meet and greet things, and you meet them for five seconds, they sign what you've got, and then you're pushed away. He just spent as much time as you wanted with him, which you know it made the show late, and some people that were due to meet him had to wait till after the show, but nobody cared because you know you got to spend quality time with him, which you know says a lot about the guy really. Yeah. And WrestleMania, you can't think about him. You know, I mean, one of the matches. I mean, he's a bit shit, admittedly, but he um, he has that boxing match with Mr. T in <laughs> one of. I think it's WrestleMania three. I think mm, off the top of my head. You know, and uh, <laughs> it's mental. But like he was headlining WrestleMania back in the day, and then he had a resurgence again with his career in sort of like the nineties. But you know, him and Bret Hart had some matches and stuff like that. But yeah, it's a sh- it's a sad loss. It is a shame. Yeah. Yeah, it's Eric. another. Re- it's it's a reason, it's a reminder of your own mortality in some ways as well. Because it's like I grew up watching this guy, you know, and it's like shit, you know. And a lot of these wrestlers as well, they don't make it past uh, <laughs> like forty or fifty. I mean, no. say Hot Hogan, he seems to have made a pact with the devil because I thought he'd have gone a few years ago. But um, yeah, there you go. I mean, the stuff the stuff they put themselves through. Because when I, I mean, I lose my temper. I used to be really bad stress head, but I'm quite chilled out now. But Rowdy Roddy Piper would willingly stress himself out all day just to be that character, to scream at the top of his lungs, just having a normal conversation <laughs> would fuck you up. So fair play to him for lasting that long, because I'd have burned out well before that. <laughs> I don't know, but um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna change the mood. On, and I'm going to bring it back around, and I'm going to talk about a little bit of TV. Oh, go on. Right? Mm. I'm going to talk about a little TV. A little bit of TV, which I didn't discover through watching it on TV. I discovered it through the wonder of YouTube, which a lot of great things are on YouTube now, as will we be someday, hopefully. And it was, and it, I didn't know what it was called until I watched these clips. And basically what I was watching was clips of young American kids who they're bad kids you know they they think they want to be in gangs and they want to you know skip school and they abuse their parents and all this so what they do is they send them into penitentiaries in america to scare the living shit out of them so they don't commit crimes in the future so they don't go down the road these poor bastards have been down these real gangbangers these real you know criminal types anyway i watched a couple of these clips and uh i was i was creased i was pissing myself <laughs> laughing because these cocksure kids are like yeah man i want to be a crip i want to be a blood and then they will then put them into a penitentiary with real crips and real bloods who've murdered people and then their job as prisoners is to literally like fucking mentally abuse these kids and sometimes physically to the point where they're reduced to puddles and they don't want to be bad guys anymore now this show, I think, is called Scared Straight. 
and extreme scared straight. It must have been going for ages in America. I mean, you can imagine how popular it is over there. Oh, yeah. But um, there's, there's a lot of funny shit on YouTube. I mean, this is a good show because it is really kicking these kids' asses. Because you can imagine a lot of kids. And kids over here, you know what they're like these days. I mean, we wouldn't have said fuck all to our teachers, would we, when oh, we were in school? Oh, God, no way. I mean, Dave, when you were in school, you'd have got sent to war, wouldn't you? <laughs> 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 you fucked off your teacher. I know we got shit thrown at us when I was in school for mouthing off. You know, and you, you wouldn't and stand up to an adult. You wouldn't mouth off an adult. I certainly wouldn't aspire to be a gangbanger or a no criminal. Way. I mean, because this show, it's a riff, isn't it? I'm sure yeah. like UK listeners have seen the show where it's naughty children are sent to live with another stricter family, usually abroad, wasn't it? Yeah, and that, you know it. they have to sweep the porch and they have to wash the pots and they have to get up and do the chores and go to work. But this is taking it like to the nth level. This was extreme. I mean, like taking a fucking nineteen-year-old kid out to India and making him like wash his own clothes and yeah. until he cries yeah. isn't what I'm calling. because <laughs> no, it's such a them. hardship washing your own clothes, oh, isn't it? Kids these days—they don't know they're fucking born, man. I mean, Jesus Christ! If you sent me now as a thirty-five-year-old man to an American penitentiary, I'd shit myself. Literally, I couldn't fight these fuckers. I haven't got a chance. I'd have a go, but what's the point? Somebody'd be raping me in ten seconds. <laughs> Because I'm good looking. <laughs> but anyway, this this show's extremely extremely scared straight. I'm going to call it. I don't think it's the actual title, Dave. I don't know if you know the title. I don't know. I'll find it ready. I'll find it for the podcast notes. Yeah, extremely scared straight or extreme scared straight. Yeah. Anyway, I'll give you some examples, Dave. If you want to chip in at any point, I'm going to start with my favourite. <laughs> now, Dave's seen this because, like an idiot, when I find something I like, I need to ram it down everybody's throat so they like it as well. But with this, it's not very hard to laugh at because they take, I think he must be about a 14 or 15-year-old boy, and they take him into the prison. And um, he's a white supremacist, this kid on the outside world. So he's a bit of a retard anyway. Probably the wrong word to use. He's a bit misled, shall we say. He's a misled kid. And he's had all these influences that, you know, white power and all this crap. Anyway, they stick him in a room with some of the biggest African-Americans they could have selected from the penitentiary. And some of these guys would literally eat you alive if they were hungry. And he's sitting there really cocksure and he's really like, whatever, whatever, until one of them gets up and he opens his shirt and he hands the boy a comb. <laughs> and this white supremacist boy takes the comb because you can see he's like shitting himself now. And this big black guy says, comb my fucking chest hair. Comb my chest hair now. <laughs> so this kid's like... <gasps> I better do it. So he's holding his shirt open while this white supremacist <laughs> is now combing his chest. He's going, yeah, I like it like that. Comb it better, bitch. Like this. And he's going, you're going to comb his shit next. And this guy in the background, I mean, Dave, you've seen it. He's about six foot five. He's a bit like a brick shit house. And he's just looming in the background like, you're going to comb my hair next, motherfucker. And I'm, I, I'm dying watching it because these these guys in prison must be thinking right the kids are coming in today and they're rubbing their hands thinking what shit can we throw at them what can we make up you know let's pretend you're a mass murderer and he's probably not he's probably in there for fraud or something isn't he? <laughs> you know but i mean oh cry laughing watching them um there's there's another one um dave this is your favorite oh god um yeah. by far my favorite this one now this little this little black kid wants to be a gangbanger, a real hard gangbanger, and he's about thirteen, whatever, and he's sitting there, and this big, massive, skinhead white guy 
looms right over him. He's terrifying. And he then tells this kid about how he can sell him. If you were in here, boy, I could get you sold. I could get you sold. There's a guy up there on the rose. He's offered me 50 cigarettes for your ass because he likes chocolate. Daddy's got a sweet tooth tonight. <laughs> I mean, I want it on a T-shirt. Daddy's got a sweet tooth tonight. Daddy's sweet tooth. It's the way he says it. You can tell he's had a moment of genius, this guy, and thought, and you can tell they were laughing about it later, probably. But this kid's like, oh, my God, I'm going to be fucking <laughs> You know, I'm a, I'd have just said, am I only worth 50 cigarettes? Yeah. <laughs> I'm worth at least somebody's dinner. I love, know, but... I love all programs, though, that take, like, cocky kids and put them in their place. You know, these kids that think they're the dog's bollocks. And then you put them in, like, a proper situation out of their comfort zone and they just shit themselves. Oh, right? shit themselves, man. Yeah. I shit myself thinking about going to a prison. <laughs> oh, can you imagine how terrifying it is? And when you're 13 and they're literally holding you, the, the other one is they take this lad and they hold him by a door and the guy behind the door is saying, open the door, I'm going to fucking eat him. I haven't eaten today, I'm going to eat him. This kid's crying, he's crying. So this guy reaches his arm under the door like something from Night of the Living Dead and tries to grab his ankle. <laughs> this kid's screaming. I mean, maybe it's the wrong thing to do. <laughs> Maybe that you know, there's some deep psychology. If it puts them off committing crime, yeah. surely it's better to do that early. You know what I mean? Than just let them carry on with what they're doing. I mean, come on, Chris. What would you do now with these kids? Would you sit them in a room and have a chat with them, or? Oh, Chris has got a sweet tooth, haven't you, mate? You'd be Chris is. <laughs> Chris would be reaching under the door to grab. I mean, some of these kids, man, they deserved it. You know, the shit they're coming out with. It's yeah. like fucking just throw them to the dogs, man. Because who the hell do they think they are? But I, you know, I I laugh at it, but I also think this is real shock tactics here. This is terrifying. But maybe that's what they need. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, so we don't go into too much detail about it. But I do deal with stuff like this on a fairly regular basis, and it it is. It's almost like you 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 wish you could sort of not give them a slap, but you just wish you could sort of like transport them into the future and just you know say look. This is going to be you in 20 years' time. You know, you're going to have fuck all. You're not going to have a job. You're not going to have any prospects. You're probably going to be in prison yourself. You know, but they don't give a shit because they don't see it. They don't sort of just understand what's going on. I think we should do stuff like this in this country. Fuck them. Yeah, send them down. Yeah. (laughs) Chris for president. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there's a new new prison opened in near Wrexham, hasn't there, mate? So, you know, we could film our own series up here. Dave, I'm going for a job there. I want to be a screw in the prison. I do. (laughs) I'm going to be like bad, bad lieutenant in there, mate. You'll be like Mr. Mackay in Porridge. That'll be you. I'm hoping it's a women's prison. <laughs> I tell you, we should get them to watch Oz. I mean, have you guys ever watched Oz? Oh, hell yeah. Fucking hell, now that was brutal. I mean, that was set in a prison system in uh, America. And, you know, it, it, that was just, I mean, th- I think every show, it was like th- th- there was about half a dozen rapes, you know, male rapes and stuff like this. And people getting murdered, getting their ar- eyes carved out and, you know, all sorts of shit. And you got the Muslims and the uh, the Nazis, the white supremacists and the Hispanics and the Italians. And they got their own little factions and groups and stuff like that. I mean, it was a brilliant show, you know, HBO, as you'd imagine. Um, not something that you'd watch with your mom <laughs> or your, <laughs> your girlfriend. But, uh, yeah, oh, man, that brutal stuff. It was a hardcore show. Uh, the, I mean, the, to be fair, when you watch it, because, uh, you know, I urge you to go away and watch these clips on YouTube, because 
it's it's not far off them like because they physically uh, you know they they touch these kids they put their hands on them they throw them up against the wall they force them into rooms you know and it's it's quite a brutal way of doing it you know sitting them in a room and talking to them does have an effect as well because one guy um comes face to face with this 17 year old lad and he's so stony faced I'm never going to go to prison mate you're not bothering me in the slightest and he says no you might say that now but have you ever heard of a man pon and he goes and he stops his cockiness and he goes no I haven't heard of a man pon he goes I'll tell you what a man pon is he goes a man pon is what you're going to wear up your ass after you've been fucked that many times that you bleed yeah that you're bleeding that much that you're going to need to stuff tissue up your ass every day that's a man pon and he just goes fucking green this lad and it's like oh yeah you're not going to prison now are you and i'm thinking a man pon (laughs) (laughs) i mean oh my god that is a term i'm going to use for the rest of my life now (laughs) if i'm ever threatened in a fight i'm going to say do you know what a man pon is and hope that puts them off stabbing me (laughs) yeah because i know what one is not that i've ever had to use one I do have a period now and again. Have you heard of a period? Oh God, we've we've all had those, haven't we? Even if See, you don't, I, even if you don't know what it is, we've all had one. Definitely. We've all had a period. I'm yeah. working on one right now. Is that what? Oh, you better explain what a period is to listeners that don't know, mate. Well, I think we can uh, we can safely say, uh, oh God, a period obviously is what a lady has when it's a full moon or whatever, and she fucking turns into a nightmare, <laughs> right? And beer thrown into the mix. So it, it's a man thing only, I'd say, because women just, whatever, I don't care. They have a period. They've got their time. We have a period. When we drink too much beer and we shit out our ass the next morning to the point where we become another person for a couple of days. <laughs> the shakes, the cold shake oh, period. Mate. The oh. draining of your ass. Oh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> My fucking ass today, right? I had a shit this morning. <laughs> I've got to tell you, I had to sit this morning and it was a decent one. I eat a lot of fibre, you know, I'm pretty regular. But my farts this afternoon have been fucking unbelievable. Like, something's wrong with my stomach. Now, I put it down to this, right? I go to a local butcher's and I buy what's called a savoury duck. Have you ever heard of one of them? You showed me your savoury duck the other night, didn't you? You've seen my savoury duck? Yeah. It's just a bit of sausage meat mashed up together and, like, fire-blasted and sold for 40 pence at your butchers. I don't know if it's, like, what they give to tramps when they come in or something, but I buy them. And I've eaten one, and I think it's sitting heavily inside my colon. <laughs> I don't know. Do you need to go now? Do you want us to cover for just... you if you need a poo halfway through? I don't. It's just the fats. Do you know what I mean? That's why I didn't go to the gym tonight because I'm when I'm on the cross trainer and I fucking That's jiggle the worst. about. Yeah, cross trainer, mate. It, yeah, is the worst for getting the wind out of you. <laughs> really did you've shake got, you up a bit. You've got to look after your bowels. I mean, I don't think I don't know if it's an age thing, but I've noticed <laughs> since God. I came back from holiday oh, God. that you know I'm, I'm regular. I do a poo every day, but I've noticed that every time I've been since we have come back, it's been back like a fortnight now. It's like a greasy one, always leaving a smear. Never Where? used never used to. On the toilet. Yeah, not not in my pants. I'm not oh. I'm not smearing my pants. Well, not too often anyway. It's but. a greasy one. What do you think? Do you think there's a lot of oil in you? There's like a lot of cheese they eat over there, don't they? So, well, that's it. There's cheese on everything, you know. You have breakfast and there's cheese on it, isn't there? So Just getting out your system, Dave. I think so. that's all. Another few days, right. yeah, and all the cheese will be out of me. Get some sonatogen wine in you, Dave. <laughs> some prune juice. Yeah. Have a good clear that'll, out. That clear out. Yeah. Hello yeah. and welcome to Bowel, Bowel Health <laughs> Weekly. <laughs> Let us know about your poo. Do you suffer from erectile dysfunction? <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. 
Sorry, Chris. Anyway, yeah. So um, I can't even remember what the fuck I was talking about. Having a period. Yes. The end. Yeah, that's it. Real <laughs> ale. Real ale's usually the real worst. Ales. And Guinness. They're usually the worst ones. Oh yeah, nice stout. Yeah. So yeah, so don't go to prison in America. Well, if you do go to prison in America, you might get the job of fucking with these kids. But don't go and be a kid and fuck up. That's what I'm trying to say. Hey, kids. This is like an episode of He-Man now. <laughs> The moral of the story is don't be a fuck up or you'll get a man pon. Yeah. Put up yeah. your bum. Yeah. And some don't guy will eat you. Sweats. Yeah. Some guy will eat you like chocolate. Oh, he was. He, oh, the, on that clip though, when he reaches under the door for this little kid and his legs are up off the floor because the other guy's holding him up in the air. And you're thinking if he lowers him down, this guy's going to grab his leg. It's a, Oh, it's awful. But good on America for scaring the kids to death. <laughs> <laughs> The worst part is that... is that he then left there, joined the fucking Marines, and got shot in the face. So <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you can't win in America. Can you? <laughs> Have you any more TV stuff, mate? Well, I know you've got more TV stuff. I've got. Do, do, should we rock and roll with the TV stuff? Yeah, go I'm... on. Let's roll with the TV for now. Come okay, on. then. So, so that's out the way. Now that that was pretty entertaining. That was pretty funny, but not as funny as what British TV gave us the other night, which was on Channel ooh, Four, maybe Channel Four, and uh, they're great at doing the weird, off-the-wall sort of documentaries, aren't they? Oh yeah. Anyway, the other night we were treated to one called a very British brothel, and uh, it was in Sheffield, and it was called City. And it was a nice little building, which used to be a pub. And uh, it's a it's a whorehouse right in the middle of the city. And it was no, one of it's, the... it's a massage parlour, my friend. Sorry, Dave. It's a <laughs> massage parlour. But make no mistake, you don't open the door and there's a Korean lady there saying, what would you like? There's literally three couches and the, the prostitutes are sitting there <laughs> on them. And you pick one and go upstairs and do what you want with it. I mean, this place was at once... One of the greatest traditions in the world of work and British. It was so British. It was in Sheffield, you know. They were they were so Sheffield. It was ridiculous, but it was quite a, a warm sort of take on it. There wasn't any horrible Eastern European sex trade. There wasn't no brutish skinhead with a club waiting for you. There was no bouncer on the door. There's a lovely lady who runs the business with yeah. her daughter. Yeah, looks after the girls. Very classy. Very friendly. Good girls working together, good dynamic between them, and lots of old men coming for a rub and tug. <laughs> <laughs> the atmosphere of the place, though, was very. It reminded me, and I probably only like viewers of Coronation Street will get this, but if you do watch Coronation Street, you're going to say the Rovers, aren't you? No, Roy's oh. Rolls, Roy's Rolls. It's like going into the cafe there. The same sort of atmosphere because people would go in. Not, they'd have regulars, right? And if they filmed a couple of these regulars who would go in, not for a shag or anything or even a massage. They would go in for a cup of tea and a biscuit and a bit of a chat and then they'd bugger off home. But the whole... Because it would eat up north, you know. Oh, come in, oh, love. I Sit yourself down. Do you want a cup of tea? So they'd do... And it just reminded me of, like, you'd walk into Roll, uh, Roy's Rolls, order, like, a bacon butty and a cup of tea and then slip him a tenner for a handjob in the loo and then come home. It was like... it's just It was just like, oh... It, do you want a quick hand job while you're eating another tenner? It's fine. You're all right. You're all right, love. You're all right. Wipe yourself down. We've got wet wipes. It is, but it was like so... That's the only way it can... It was just like a bit of a cafe, an up-north cafe with extras in it. 
It was nice. I mean, it was 30 quid on average for half an hour. I mean, most men who, you know, you're creeping off, you know, behind your wife's back and all this. You, How long do you want, Ducky? You know, half an hour is going to do most men, isn't it? Because you're excited that you're in this brothel. I mean, let's be honest, I wouldn't have picked any of the birds that were on offer. You know, I'd have had to have been at very low ebb in my life to pick any of those. I might be have gone in there just for the experience of having a look and but I wouldn't And a cup selected. of tea and a biscuit. <laughs> oh no nah, and a bit of a chat there, Ducky. Oh, yeah. Love. yeah. You know, but I don't know, but when I think the old guy came in with a flat cap on, Dave. Oh God, yeah. He was I mean he Your was problem. he was well into his pension age, wasn't he? Yeah. And he dodders in and he's a regular and then he took one of the girls upstairs. And it was so funny because then it cuts <laughs> to him coming downstairs with his flat cap on sideways and his, <laughs> his sort of like his, his jacket half hanging off his shoulders. Oh, and he's, oh, 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 God, that was good. Oh, and he's like ah. gasping. And you're thinking, Jesus Christ, man, it's like a chance of him having a coronary here. Be careful. Just, you know, take it easy on him. Well, you know, he had a good time. Fucking hell, mate. He was probably in the war. He's probably in both wars. He deserved every minute he, he got. It, too right he has. He should have a discount. Um, he should have a medal, mate, for fucking some of them anyway. Jesus Christ. The, the worst part was, I think, was the owner and her daughter. I mean, she was a bit ropey anyway, but she's probably the best of a bad bunch. But even she says, oh, the worst part is when they ask for me. And, you know, I'm dressed quite nice. And I'm thinking, you're not. You're in a leopard print tracksuit, love. You're not dressed nice. <laughs> You'd look all, you'd look worse than the prostitutes. And they all have wigs on. They did, didn't they? Yeah. Why did they all have wigs on? I don't know, because they're talking. It wasn't as if the faces were obscured or anything. You'd recognise them even with a wig on. Oh, if they're, no they're trying shit. to be in disguise. So Even the lad who came in, the lad who just came in for a cup of tea and that. And they were mostly filming people, men's feet coming and going in the front door. And then all of a sudden there was this guy, Joe, like you say, who just came in for a chat and a cup of tea. And he's like, yeah, just come in for a chat and all this. And I was thinking, do you know what? Good for them. Because I know a lot of shit goes around about, you know, prostitutes and deviants and people get confused and they say, oh, it's they're paedophiles and people just they don't want to be educated on it. And like this, it's the oldest job in the world, isn't it? You know, and if, if these women are doing this and they're making ends meet and they were mothers, they were talking openly yeah. about being mothers and they've yeah. got this is their second or sometimes third job, you know, and if they're doing it with a smile on their face and nobody's forcing them to like some of these poor bastards that get brought over here. You know, good on them. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's they cash money. They were making a living and enjoying it as well, weren't they? Yeah, hand over fist, cash in hand. What else other euphemisms can you use? I think you probably have to pay extra for hand over fist, wouldn't you? That's <laughs> sort of extra. And fisting. Hand over fist. Yeah. There was two things that sort of would have put me off, though, mate, on one thing. They make a point of... Uh, they showed it during Christmas time and they're putting up the Christmas tree and they go oh let's put out some we always put out some mince pies all the punters they love mince pies yeah. and then they put out like a bowl of snacks you know like nibbles that they put on the desk oh. now I'm always where I don't if, <laughs> if I go to a pub I won't go in dip into the nibbles because it's that whole thing you know people gone for a piss don't wash their hands dip into it and there's there's been tests aren't there you know nibble bowls in pubs are like three quarters piss anyway and shit and god knows what else love it, love imagine it. what's in that bowl you don't know where anybody's fingers have been in that place do you you <laughs> could be eating anything you could get pregnant eating a peanut oh there. i would not eat any snacks from there at christmas time that's one thing that should <laughs> but, uh, on, but on like a normal day you would yeah. <laughs> just not at christmas not at christmas yeah and they had the raffle didn't they i mean bless them they had the raffle for you got a raffle in a whole house was it um, for i think was it alzheimer's i think 
Um, quite yeah. ironic that I can't remember what it was for. <laughs> <laughs> what and then they the have like, the, the, the first prize. The first prize is an hour with any girl you want. Oh. Then second's half an hour, and third's fifteen minutes. And they were joking, like they pulled out the winners, and they were joking that you know they'd all come in on the same day and pick the same girl, and she'd have to be there for like an hour and three quarters, giving it up for free because you know they're the raffle winners. But there was also there's a lounge you walk in, and there's a ten pound door fee that you pay, no matter what's going on although they have happy hour uh, i think it's like on a friday night where you don't pay the 10 pound door fee and you pay like 30 quid for half an hour uh and then they're like ram rod said the girls are sat in there but they've also got this lounge where you can go and sit and there's a tv in there that's like just playing porn 24 7 and they say that some guys come in there they don't touch any of the women they go into this like porn lounge sit on the couch that's there watch porn and in their own words self-service themselves self-service now wouldn't that be a bit off-putting knowing that like you know five ten minutes before there was somebody else in there with a bit of self-service you're gonna have to watch where you sit and what you stand on it's just you know that's that's the weird i mean like everybody's got their own sort of deviances some people hide them some you know let them all out and whatever and god love anybody but why would you go there to have a wank? You could do it at home. Yeah, they've got a smartphone. They've got access to the internet, haven't they? Everything's there now. If I want instant, you know, nugget porn, thank you, Zoe, for that. <laughs> um, I, won't, I won't go any further on that, but it's there. I could look at it now while we talk, but why would I go to a broth? It's some, that's an old-fashioned like, like state of mind, that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's proper old school of the gents that used to go to, like, you know, yeah. the... The adult cinemas in London in Soho and things like that, I suppose. Uh, Do you remember, was... I, I told you, Dave, that there's one of those. You've been to Bilston, haven't you? Uh, both of you, because you saw yeah. Steven Seagal there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Steven Seagal in fucking Bilston. <laughs> I mean, that, that's not going to mean anything to anybody, you know, unless you live sort of like in the Midlands, but it's, it's mental. Well, anyway, <laughs> in, in Bilston, there's. Um, there is actually, I think it's called Foxes. There is actually an adult cinema. Do you remember me telling you about it, Dave? Oh, God, and, yeah. it, and I started thinking to myself, like, I remember asking the question, why would you go to a cinema to watch porn, to have a wank, and to sit in your own spunk, essentially? <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> and you mean, other you know, people's like, as well. It's, oh. Exactly. It's like, okay, <laughs> when, you know, when I'm pleasuring myself, when I'm actually, you know, it's sort of like, you know, there's no, there's no let's all oh, just sit in it for an hour and watch the rest of the film. It's sort of like, you know, <laughs> I'll get on and do, and do the rest of the housework, or you know, I'll do the garden. Do yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that joint. Why would you sit in your own? You know, it just—it's mental. I mean, the thing is, as well. I mean, yes, when I was younger, um, you'd sort of like you'd have five or six wanks a day, you know, spread out <laughs> throughout the day. I mean, you'd go for one during lunchtime because it'd waste five minutes of your lunch. You know, still do that now every now and then. But it's sort of like you know, you sort of like. You, you, okay, yes, you might have taken a pill or something, so you've got a massive stiffy for a long time, but, you know, you, you're not going to have another wank straight after the, you've just had one. You're going to need to sit down for a, sort of a good 15, 20 minutes before you get, you know, round to having another one. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and then you're going to sort of, like, be covered in your own spunk. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is going on? It's mental. Oh, <laughs> oh new it's, listeners, I'm sure yeah. we're like, you know, not... <laughs> Not much over half an hour into this episode. We've had mampons, we've had wanking, we've had... God yeah. knows what we've covered already. We've only just got started, Jesus yeah. Christ. Stay classy. It, I mean, I, I've got a question for you both, though. Right. 
and I know we're all taken men here, right? Sorry, ladies, we're all taken men, all happily taken. Now, does anybody's bird listen to this podcast? Obviously, mine does, and she knows everything about me. But does uh, oh, yeah. Dates. yeah, yeah, Chris, Tina listens. No, no. Doesn't oh, listen. okay. This would be interesting then. <laughs> now I hold my hand up, and I admit when I was in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. You know where this is going a couple I, of years I ago. I know this story, yeah. I paid a visit to a working girl just to see what the crack was, literally, right? I, I you know, <laughs> you, you, We're here for a short time. We're here for a blink of an eye. I want to experience as many things as I can that I'm are in my parameters. So anyway, has anybody ever been to an actual brothel? No. There was, where I used to live in Northwich, there was one that was quite famous that loads of people went to. Um, oh, God, I forget the name of it now. I should have remembered it. Um, and it was well known throughout, you know, the whole of the town what it was. But no, no, I never went there. I didn't go there. I mean, I've been to places like Museum of Sex and stuff like that in Paris, and you've got all the red light districts, you know, it's like Moulin Rouge and all that sort of stuff. And um, been to, like, it wasn't like a live sex show as such, but it was pretty full-on, you know, that kind of thing. But never a brothel. No. Maybe Yet. we should then, but yeah, before the next episode, just for research. <laughs> like a field, field trip. trip. A field yeah. trip, yeah, just so that we c- can comment on the on the TV show we've just talked about. We can compare and contrast our own experience of a different one within the area that we live, you know. Lead us, Dave, lead us. <laughs> it'd be like... Should we go to City? It'd should be we like, go to City? It'd be like... It'd be like it, the beginning of Porky's, wouldn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, we can all get there. It's right in the middle of everybody. Yeah. We've seen it on the telly, so our ladies know that it's a nice place. Yeah. The women are more unattractive than they are, so they're not getting done down at all. Yeah. And we can I start think... with a cup of tea and a biscuit. Yeah. And... <laughs> in the <laughs> self-service lounge. We can go in self-service and have a look if you know what that's all about, and then we can select our lady, enter the raffle, yeah. Take part in it. Maybe yeah. if we get in touch with them, if anybody's listening now that's been to City or has any connections with City at all, get in touch with us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you want to put us up, give us the experience. We will put you worldwide. Yeah, we'll do a review on the website. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> they can sponsor the show. Couldn't they? Yeah, sponsored by City. City. <laughs> City's City's self service. Can I just make a point, guys? Now. I know, Chris, you didn't see this documentary, I don't think, but I, I like to spread the word. I made Dave watch it anyway, but did you notice what was hanging up behind the counter on the wall? Ooh, nothing jumps to mind. I may have noticed, but nothing jumps to mind. Now, unfortunately, right? I have none at hand, but can I just say a word to our sponsors? <laughs> Fresher Foods, your scampy fries were on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and I I just nudge Zoe when we watch it. We go, fucking hell, they've got fresher foods on the wall. <laughs> Scamp- like, you need to smell scampi. I was fries. just going to say, yeah. why would you want fishy fingers <laughs> of, in a fucking brothel? all the snacks to sell. I oh. thought it was quite funny and ironic, but it was fresher foods. <laughs> Here's a shout out to fresher foods. Food. Your pork scratchings are the best and your scampi fries make it all the way to city. Yes. That's Go seen on, on television. Nice. Yeah, so I just thought that was a nice little plug for him there. Well done. Yeah. Um, did you see the hot tub incident with the food, Dave? Oh, uh, yeah, in the the bath thing with those. that Sploshing, it's called, isn't it? Sploshing. Now, yeah. he took seafood fucking chowder with him to throw around. I mean, what the fuck, mate? 
Couldn't he have just taken some cream? Yeah, well, most do. I think there was one, the cream and yogurt and all that, but seafood chowder to throw on each other while you're naked. That is vile. Gee, while what? You're, while you're eating yeah. scampy fries, probably. She was not best pleased. The lady was... The the girl in charge, let's call her the madam, she was not best pleased because the cost to cleaning it up was ridiculous. But, I mean, she must have had a great time. Some old man in a flat cap throwing seafood chowder on it for 100 quid. Oh, yeah. me, I'd do it. I'd just be worried about getting out of my hairy chest. <laughs> you could get some young kid to comb it out later, couldn't you? Hey! <laughs> Comb my motherfucking chest. <laughs> you could comb, you could brush mine. Some little Wrexham scrote that thinks he's the dog's bollocks. Comb my oh, chest yeah. there. I'll yeah. take the kid that tried my car door one night when I was leaning out my window, having an ale on a lovely summer's evening, and I saw these three little fuckers walk past my car, and he tried my car door, and I've, I, I erupted. What the fuck? You know, if I could have, like, teleported down there inside his face, I would have done. <laughs> but he, yeah, I think he... <laughs> I'm not normally an angry person to everybody who's listening. I'm a nice person. <laughs> so, yeah, so we enjoyed brothels the other night. That we was did. much fun. That was good. Some good TV, that was, mate. Yeah, Some indeed. And that is my TV Ooh. done for now. Well, I've before before I pass it to you, for, if you've got any TV and or if you want to carry on with something else, Chris, I've got one TV thing, and Ramrod, you did share this with me. Oh. This was at the beginning of the birthday evening before oh. the sad news of Roddy Piper came in. We watched another episode of Indoor League. Uh, yeah, we watched episode four of season one. Fred Truman, bang on form. Um, he didn't call. He didn't call a woman the c-word again this time. Luckily, but oh, the skittles God. were on. Tensions were high. I think it was the skittles. What word was that? What word was that? Um, that one that I usually just like, you know, <laughs> to save me time <laughs> editing begins with a c. <laughs> But he didn't, he didn't say it, See though. you next Tuesday. That's the one. But he, he didn't say it, so <laughs> I'm fine. You, you, mentioned, you mentioned Porky's. I was, it always comes, whenever that word, it's like, a telephone call for my cunt. Telephone call for my cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Is my cunt in the parking lot? <laughs> Has anybody like seen it. my cunt? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, but well, he never gets old. That one does it. That's a good one. Why is it such a taboo word? What the hell, man? Well, let's see. Why is any word a taboo word? It's you know. You can say motherfucker, but everybody goes, "Oh no, no, not motherfucker." What if it was fatherfucker? <laughs> South Park with uncle fucker. Uncle... I'm an uncle. Yeah, yeah, you are, and you're a fucker. Yeah, yeah. at least I'm not. A... <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> Anyway, carry on. Yes, as I was saying, yeah, Fred Truman, Fred Truman, <laughs> the Skittles final, and so it's oh, oh and it's a weird game. Uh, I'm not going to even try to explain it. You're just basically swinging a ball on a piece of string to try and knock nine wooden Skittles down. And it, you know, Fred Truman, if you heard the earlier episode, his commentary just makes this this series totally, um, as well as the you know the hot sweaty action of the sports as well. But it, go, it cuts back to Fred afterwards, and I can't remember his exact words, but he says something along the lines of, um, oh, he was, he, was, oh, was it? he was bashing those skittles like Henry VIII bashing his missus. Do you remember him <laughs> saying that? Yeah. Henry VIII bashing his missus. Could you get away with that nowadays? No, I don't think so. That's what he said, wasn't it? That's... He actually said, yeah. oh, it's... What did he say? What was the exact thing he said? The exact thing he said is, I've written it down here, it was like Henry VIII bashing his missus. 
I was like, Henry VIII's bashing misses. <laughs> I mean, what the f- I mean, you've got to have a really good frame of reference to get that anyway, haven't you? Oh, yeah. You're like, what? Well, it was when he was practicing playing the Skittles on the end credits on the titles. And he'd never hit he one. He shit at it. He was so awful. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was really shit at it. Mind you, he was probably on like his, his eighth pint by then as well, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Chris, then, that's our TV done. Over to you. <laughs> okay, I've got a little bit more TV. Um, I, I feel so inadequate, though, after everything that you've just spoken about. Because <laughs> I... I'd say it's kind of like normal, um, I, I guess. Um, <laughs> right, so just bear with me one second. Right, so I've been watching um, uh, True Detective. Mm. Okay, I spoke about it um, last time we did a show. It had pretty much just started. I'd only watched one episode, I think. So I think we're coming to the end of it now. There's only like one episode left. And so I can obviously, I'll you know give you my full impression of it once it's finished. But so far... I'm enjoying it more. I think Ramrod, you made a point of saying that it is like even the first series took a little bit of time to get going, um, and sort of it, it, it does kick off by around sort of episode four. It's one of those. It's a slow burn, as you can imagine. The acting is impeccable. You know, it's it's really well acted. You know, Colin Farrell and uh, Rachel McAdams, Vince Vaughn. I'd say Vince Vaughn's probably the weakest of the the, the bunch because he plays this kind of gangster character who's. Um, he sort of does a lot of. Uh, he does get his hands dirty and stuff like that. He's one of these gangsters that sort of, he wants to get out of the gangster business as such and and go straight or get into property development and land development and all this that and the other. Um, but he does a lot of acting. He's like with his eyes kind of thing. You know, he, he, he's yeah. He, he, I guess he's playing against type a little bit. Um, the whole thing though just totally reminds me of L.A. Confidential in as much as the the story the plot it's very noir like what they're doing um like i mentioned there's there's this kind of like um this land that's been bought uh and there's like shady dealings dodgy dealings that's going on and then there's uh, a murder which is connected to it and then these dysfunctional cops are sort of like pulled together uh, to sort of investigate it. Very L.A. Noir, uh, not L.A. Noir, that's the game, uh, L.A. Confidential at, the, at this sort of stage. Uh, there's corruption, there's conspiracies, there's um, high-class hookers that are sort of like have uh, plastic surgery done to them to make them more attractive, which, again, is taken straight from L.A. Mm-hmm. Confidential. Um, I mean, L.A. Confidential, just to sort of talk about that just for a second, he's probably, I'm, I'm not sure it's my favourite film of the 90s because there, there are loads of them but it is probably one of my favorite films of you know full stop it's it's an incredible film you know um Kurt, my favorite curtis hansen film director it just uh got such amazing performances like kevin spacey guy pierce uh if you look at the poster of that it's amazing to think because you kim basinger who's sort of like front and center and her amazing boobs <laughs> and they are amazing boobs uh then you've got kevin spacey sort of in the background then you've got guy pierce behind him then you've got um, Russell Crowe behind him this is kind of like before Russell Crowe blew up into this massive star and they're all amazing performances I love that film and it just it didn't occur to me until like until, like I said until about episode 3 or 4 of True Detective that this is you've, they've almost you could argue lifted the plot from that and the story and just bought it into a modern day setting mm-hmm. um there's a lot of sort of like because uh, like i said the detectives have got problems they've all got 
backgrounds and histories and things like that. And, you know, Russell, um, not Russell Crowe, sorry, uh, Farrell, Colin Farrell's like corrupt and everything else, which again kind of comes back to the sort of L.A. Noir thing, Kevin Spacey and whatever. But and then it's uh, but there's a there's a good cop underneath the sort of like the, the tough exterior and all this, that and the other. But there is a lot of staring off in the distance kind of stuff that goes on in as much as they're sort of, you know, they uh, emote this kind of like, yeah, we're deep because we're looking into the distance kind of thing. It's not perfect. And I think the problem it was always going to f- come up against was unless it was as good as, you know, or just totally blew away the first one, which is always going to be difficult because, you know, Harrelson and McConaughey was so good in that. It was always going to struggle a little bit. But I'm enjoying it. It is good. Um, Taylor Kitsch as well, I have to say, is fantastic in it. Uh, I think you opened my eyes to him, um, obviously, with Lone Survivor. Oh, yeah. Because um, he was one of those that I think was mooted as being one of the the next big thing, wasn't he? Because he was in X Men Wolverine Origins. Uh, he was in John Carter on. I haven't still haven't seen that, but I, I got panned, didn't it? I don't know if you guys seen it. I watched half of it and turned it off. <laughs> yeah, oh, really? Yeah. It's not great. Taylor Kitsch is great. There's a great film called Savages, Oliver Stone made, with yeah. him and Aaron Johnson, and he's fucking brilliant. He's a really great leading man. He's just not getting the movies. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. So this is showing him off, and like I say, uh, taking that lone survivor thing is he's very good, and he plays next soldier, so he's kind of like halfway there, I guess. Um, so there's a tenuous link to to that. So just out of interest, because I do like talking about L.A. Confidential. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen that? Oh yeah. Oh god. I mean, Russell Crowe as Bud White. I think it's probably his best ever role. He's brilliant, he's, isn't he? He's absolutely genius, and it's a great movie. Yeah. Um, so I've also been watching the final series of Justified. I don't know if you guys have ever watched Justified. You know how much I love Timothy. Oh, well, you're touching yourself a bit, Chris. <laughs> I, I, I was, I was having, I was in the sort of like the, the self-pleasuring room. <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't need to watch porn. I just watched Timothy Oliphant. Um, <laughs> until that is, I think Tina ruined it for me because as much as I like to think about myself and him together, um, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> She sent me this video of him kissing another man. It's like, what the oh, fuck? fuck? Oh, how dare he? Too timey like that, Chris. What a Fucking hell. <laughs> Ruined it for me. But anyway, um, I think, the, see, the thing is, right, with True Detective, and it is great, and The Wire, and they are great, and obviously um, Breaking Bad, these are amazing TV shows. But I think sometimes that Justify gets a little bit lost in because it's not as... I'm using quotation it as highbrow as those, if you like, in as much as it it doesn't seem to come have as many plaudits. And but I think he's one of the best TV shows out there. And um, I only watched three episodes of series six yet, but for the previous five series, they've been as good as you know. There's been no sort of like duds, if you like. Sometimes when you watch a, a TV show. You know, there's one series that's perhaps not as strong as some of the others, um, but you forgive it because the rest of it's so good. But this is just consistently one of the best TV shows. Just such amazingly rich, detailed characters. There's something lyrical about about it, the way that they speak, because it's set in Kentucky. And it's just, there's something about these characters, you know, um, just brilliant. Timothy Oliphant's uh, superb in it. Uh, Walton Goggins, who... You've probably seen him in loads of different films and stuff like that. I didn't know he was in it, actually, because I'm a huge fan of his stuff. Oh, he's great. Yeah, no, I he, would he's, watch it because he's in it now. Yeah, and he, he plays, like, if you like, the sort of like the, I wouldn't say nemesis as such, because he's, again, he, he, like a lot of the characters, they've all got layers and stuff like that, but he's the, 
bad guy again quotation marks oh. uh, but it, but he plays a guy called Boyd Crowder. Um, but they all these people like Raylan Givens, who's Timothy Oliphant, he's uh, the like U.S. Marshal, and it's like they're at polar opposites. But they're sort of like because they grew up together and because they kind of came from the same small town, a lot of mining community and stuff like that. It's like they've got this link there, and they won't say there's a mutual respect. But there's there's the writing. Uh, Elmore Leonard wrote uh, some of it as well, and so just to link it back to L.A. Confidential, I was like where that came from. You know, he's responsible for like things like Jackie Brown. And, and stuff like that um so the the writing in it is superb it's a brilliant show and i think it's more people should check it out uh it's it's just likable characters but i think sometimes again it's looked overlooked because it's perhaps seen as a bit of fluff like it's not as deep as some of the other things but i think it's fantastic and my last thing kind of along similar lines but i think this did get a lot of plaudits is we're actually going back and watching house um with hugh laurie oh, did you yeah. I've watched that. Um, it, we watched the first three series when it was on Channel 5, and then I think, like a lot of shows, it got sent off to Sky, so we kind of didn't have Sky at the time, so we never watched it. So we're just watching them on Netflix. We're starting from scratch. And that, well, that's, again, a brilliant show. You know, very smart, very well written. Hugh Laurie's great in the role. You know, he's just sort of, like, sarcastic and funny. But there's touchy moments. It does touch a lot of emotions when, you know, when you're watching it. You do sort of, like, you get kind of drawn into a lot of the patience. It does follow that plot line of or if you like the sort of like um the plot device of somebody comes in they're sick it's nobody knows what the hell's going on so house goes in to cure it a little bit he takes the piss out of the patients he doesn't see them till the end when they're about to die he'll try various things sometimes they'll show that they're working then they won't work then they'll work and then it's like right at the second last minute it's sort of uh you know he, he figures it out but yeah it's a great show it really is so but there you go it's my tv stuff unfortunately no whorehouses or <laughs> well, male rape insight <laughs> we had some good images of you kissing timothy Oliphant. yeah we did I, mean, yeah. I could go with that all night mate i do you know what with justified i it's like like a lot of the people i work with talk about ray donovan as this great show and because i've not discovered it myself it's a bit weird isn't it because you find if you've you don't know it until somebody tells you listen watch it and then you discover it. And I mean, now you say like Walton Goggins is in it. That's my trigger to watch that because like The Shield for me was what got me into watching American TV shows. Now, I mean, going back away with The Shield there, I don't know if you've ever seen that one, Chris, but that it's was... It's on my Netflix, yeah. Man, it was the first thing I ever watched that got me into watching these HBO things. Walton Goggins' character in that, Shane, is my favourite ever performance. Better fucking Walter White, you can have his have him... It's all about Wong Goggins, character arc, everything's magnificent. Now I know he's in this, I'm going to start watching it. I've got to get through the end of fucking Entourage because I'm into series four of eight and then the movie. And I'm into that at the moment. But I am going to start watching Justified now. Thank you very much for that. It's very good. And I think you will like him. He's... Um, he's a shitbag, but he's a very likable character as well, Aww. and he plays it to a T. He's superb, nice. and he's got amazing teeth as well. In, I don't know <laughs> if it's just every film he does, but he has got amazing teeth. <laughs> they they yeah. even they even take the piss out of him for it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I like the dynamic though, because you say it's kind of sounds like a superhero villain sort of thing, like a Batman Joker, like they're yeah, the totally. best enemy yeah. sort of thing. Um, and, and yeah, yeah, and they taunt each other, you know, and, and everything, and it's like they're trying to outsmart each other. But then throw into the mix, you've got loads of other kind of like really interesting characters, and there's nobody better that wears a cowboy hat in a modern day setting than Timothy Oliphant. It's 
he, I mean, he is, that's the thing. He's kind of like a modern day cowboy. He's, mm. he's, I wouldn't say like Dirty Harry because he's he's lighter than Dirty Harry, but he's very much like shoot first, ask questions later kind of guy. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Sold, very, mate. Nice. Absolutely sold. There you go. So I've got that. True Detective, I've watched. The, I'm, I'm waiting for them all to come out so I can just devour them. But I watched the first half of episode one, just get a flavour of it. And it, I think it was Justin Lin directed the first one, the guy who did like mm-hmm. Fast and Furious 5 and 6. And that, and it was like, oh, straight away the style of it. Colin Farrell's broody as fuck. And Vince Vaughn's playing a serious role, which I love when he does that. You know, he's 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 a good actor when he's given the right thing and not being Vince Vaughn. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get through a hell of a lot of that, mate. Nice one. Yeah, nice. Cool. I've, I've got a question for you as well, Ramrod. Mm. What beer did you just open? Give us the give us the details. <laughs> I'm sure it's strong Polish. <laughs> Don't oh, think no. your sneaky can opening went okay. without notice. All right, everybody. This one is a brown can. It looks like wood. And it's called Bogarty Smack. Now, I haven't worked out from my Polish friend what smack means in Polish. I'm sure it doesn't mean heroin. Um, but this is a, a D Bowie. So a David Bowie, I'm calling this nice. one. Okay. And this is um, a measly 7%. Yeah, 7% proof. Oh. So, yeah. Here's to you. Cheers. Nice. Oh, and David Bowie. <laughs> right. I'm sure it's done. I had to ask because I could hear it go. I thought listeners are going to want to know which one it is, mate. You know, you have this so, reputation now. It's so. the Polish. I'm still on the Polish. It's one pound a can. My MOT fucked me this month. I've got no money. So I'm literally surviving on Polish beer and um, favours. And fre- and um, fresher foods, snacks. Scampy fingers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what gets me through most days. <laughs> Sucking a few scampy fingers. Nothing to do with my girlfriend. Nothing at all. So I've got to put it out there because I know she listens. Hello, darling. (laughs) Right, we've done TV. Chris, where do you want to take us next? Ooh. um, Should we do some movies? Go on, then. Start us off. Tell us about some movies you've watched. Okay, then. So... (laughs) <laughs> I guess we'll get the the fluffy stuff out of the way, I guess, to a certain degree. But um, again, I was sort of like, I've been intrigued by it and it's on Netflix. So I thought, why not? I didn't, I wasn't that bothered about watching it at the cinema, but because it's on Netflix, I'll just give it a go. Uh, World War Z, have Ooh, either of you seen that? Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Now, I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to because you know what I'm like with zombie movies and stuff like that. There is no other zombie movie other than Dawn of the Dead. I mean, there obviously there are. The, the, the Romero yeah. stuff is, you know, it's that's the pinnacle. Yeah. But then saying that, I think you have said before, I uh, wasn't really looking forward to the remake of Dawn. I don't know if I'd even call it a remake. It's it's very mm. similar, but it's Reimagining, it's different. I think, yeah. Yeah. But it's fucking awesome. I mean, that yeah. is, is a wicked film, you know, kind of introduced Zack Snyder to everybody. Um, but anyway, World War Z, Brad Pitt, um, and uh, Mark Forster, who did Quantum of Solace, didn't he? Um, and uh, Finding Neverland, which made me cry. Uh, um, <laughs> Stranger Than Fiction, which I do like as well. That's Will Ferrell in a straighter role. Um, so, but anyway, so this is... I don't know if it's an unusual film for him because I suppose if you look at his sort of back catalogue, it's maybe I don't know maybe he just seems to be moving more into the mainstream. I'm not sure, but it's uh, it's very very punchy and quick. There's it's I think it's one of those films that if you did sit down and sort of like think about it for more than about half an hour, it, it would fall apart or whatever. You, you know, you'd sort of like start questioning what's going on. But 
the fact that it just moves at such a pace, like these frigging zombies um, <laughs> or these infected people, it's just relentless. You know, there are moments of tension, um, but because these sort of like, uh, call them zombies or infected? What would you call them? They're inf- infected. Yeah, infected. yeah. I, c- I um, prefer zombies sort of stump. In my rules, zombies sort of stumble. Infected can run. Yeah, yeah. So, so these sort of like. Uh, there's some great set pieces in it. There really are. There's sort of like uh, the the bit in was it Israel where they're sort of like they're just swarming up against this wall, um, and then obviously the stuff that's kicking off in America and everything, um, and it, it's like kind of the jet setting around, you know, just going and of all places they end up in Wales, don't they? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, um, and sort of you know kind of trying to figure out what's going on and everything else. Um, it's not the best zombie film or. I don't know if it's a zombie, I've just done it, haven't I? But, you know, in, I've, I've seen, but it is very entertaining. I think Brad Pitt's um, good in it as well. Um, I can't remember the last film I've seen him in. Again, he's one of those actors. He's like, kind of like, he's one of the biggest actors on the planet, but it, I don't sort of seek out his films, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's almost like, um, you know, it kicks off with Seven and then he sort of like had a period of being like in everything that was big do you know what i mean yeah. and it's like no he seems to be a, a little although this is a big film and it did well at the box office and stuff do you know what i mean but he doesn't seem to sort of like go for those roles as such it's like he's kind of put the the let's say the movie star aspect of his career to, to one side to a certain degree and he's sort of like just doing think just doing other roles do you know what i'm saying it's yeah. It, it, it's not like he's sort of like in your face. I mean, fucking Fight Club. I mean, what can you say? But then saying that, I'm just looking at IMDb now. Um, Inglorious Bastards. God, yeah, it's coming back to me now. But again, it's a fury. I didn't see that, but I've heard that's brutal. Have you guys seen that? No, I've not seen it. I do want to watch it. Oh, it is fucking brilliant, man. Yeah. But it is a really dark movie. David Ayer again, my hero. Yeah. Keeps churning him out. So, but um, yeah, because like you're saying, looking at Troy and stuff like that, and then obviously the Ocean films and and whatever, um, Snatch, Meet Joe Black, whatever. But yeah, so it, it's sort of like, um, but Benjamin Button, did you guys have you seen that? Did you like it? I really loved it. I love David Fincher. Um, I loved it. Mate. Yeah, I loved it too. Actually, <laughs> did you? So yeah, that was a bit of a misstep for Fincher, if I'm honest. But that, that was my own opinion. I saw it at the cinema, and it. It didn't click for me. Fight Club, though, I, I haven't seen that for a few years, but wow, what an amazing film. That blew my mind watching that. So, But World War Z, yeah, I would recommend it. it it's um, maybe because I didn't have such high expectations for it. I, I did enjoy it. Um, one of the first films you talked about when we started almost a year ago, I watched The Babadook. Oh, okay. Um, wow, what a please. Ooh, it's horrible, isn't it? Film, that is. I mean, it's... I've got to say from the start, the two leads in it, um, the mom and the son, are incredible. I mean, they, they are just inc- incredible performances, uh, particularly from the boy. I mean, it's one of those films where it, it starts off and it's you're not quite sure where it's going. Um, it's not, not, not a spoiler to say, uh, but it's a mom and a son. They live together. Um, husband's passed away on the day of the birth of her son so it's almost like there's a resentment there that they kind of like you can or there's a, a tension there that the, the the mom resents the son because her husband died um 
and so so that there's that there and then because you're not quite sure whether the son's got some behavioral problems or, and or he's got some mental illness and which then starts to affect the mother because she's so tired and she can't cope with the son and you, you're not quite sure if what is going on is actually in her mind or if it's in the son's mind or is there actually some sort of horror supernatural element to it um i really really enjoyed it i thought it was uh like i said that it's one of those where you don't see a great deal you do towards the end um not say a great deal but you see more of it it's like it kind of exposes itself to what the babadook is um but i thought it was great the performances were great spot on it had that that chilling aspect to it, do you know what I mean? It was it was a proper so it was quiet and slow in places, mm-hmm. but then it it when it needed to, and it didn't just sort of like you know do the whole bump uh, in the dark kind of thing, or you know bang these shock moments kind of thing. It was slow tension, yeah. and it was a pro- proper build up to it. You know, it was it, yeah, it was spot on. I thought it was really good. And so I've heard a few people slag it off, saying that they didn't enjoy it. And again, maybe it's that hype thing because it has been built up a little bit. Yeah. But I thought it was great. It's a really good horror film. It's one of the, the sort of like I wouldn't say scary, but I was on edge watching it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It was it was a proper on edge film. I think a lot of people don't like the slow burn thing either, which Babadook does. You know, you got to, it takes its time, and just slowly puts that sense of unease into your head. That you know you find yourself sort of unconsciously looking behind you while you're watching it and things like that, isn't it? Which yeah, you know maybe the people that are slagging it off um, just prefer the something a bit more instant and you know instant gratification kind of thing. One thing I do want to ask you quickly then, because you watch that now, Chris, because mm-hmm. it's quite similar in tone and everything. Have you seen it follows yet? No, no. All oh, right, yeah. Put put that on your to watch list then. That is that's on my. I've just rejoined Love Film because they're doing a thirty day free trial. So um, I've got uh, another film you talked about. Where is it? What we do in the shadows? Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah. oh yes. <laughs> uh, that's a arri- that's arrived and Gone Girl. So I'm going to watch those. Oh, um, brilliant! Excellent. Oh, I can't so. wait to to hear what you've got to say about them, mate. That'll be great. Yeah, so I have got um, It Follows on there. And also, I put on the top of my rental list that Canon documentary, um, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. Because that looks fucking awesome. I can't wait to watch that. It is awesome. And it will make you go to Amazon and buy all the films. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking excellent. And just, I suppose, while we're on the subject of Canon... Um, another film on Netflix, which I watched one note, because I just, sometimes I'll just lie in bed and sort of flick through Netflix and think, oh, I don't want to get to sleep yet. So what can I watch that's on for an hour and a half? And Invasion USA popped up. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I can't, I've got to watch this. I haven't seen it in years. So it's got to be what, one of those. The weird thing is, right, this film was released in 1985, so it must have come out on VHS around 86, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. I watched this on VHS probably in 1986, I'd have been 10 years old. Um, I'd have been 10 or 11 years old. How mental is that? Now, it is quite a violent film, and it's quite a, a I'd say gritty film, but, you know, it's it's a typical 80s film. It's got explosions. It's got, you know, over-the-top deaths. Whereas the, I like think that uh, films like um, Commando, it's almost like comic book in it. You know, you do see people getting killed, but to a certain extent where it just... it's. It, it's totally unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, but it's so entertaining. Whereas this, it just seems like it's, I wouldn't say more believable because it's still outrageous, you know, and stupid, but it just feels a bit more grittier and a 
bit more dirtier. A little, a little bit like Cobra, in as much as like, you know, yeah. that's I remember Cobra and Commando yeah. roughly around the same time on VHS. And Cobra always seemed the sort of more like harder of the two, if you know what I mean. Like I was laughing at Commando, whereas like Cobra you don't generally laugh at um is it Brian Thompson slashing <laughs> some poor yeah. nurse in a car and stuff like that. <laughs> but anyway, Invasion USA, I hadn't seen it for years. It's meant and um Richard Lynch who passed away a couple of three years ago. He is freaking on form in this film. I mean, he is easy. He's the bad guy. But the, the, the premise of it, I think, is that he's, he's a Russian dude. And, like, well, yeah, they want to invade the USA. But they, they do it so they're, like, kind of terrorists and they set off these sort of things that go off and uh, in as much as they'll pretend that they're cops and they'll shoot people. Or Richard Lynch rolls into this, like, suburban, like, te- uh, neighbourhood and it's like at Christmas, and uh, he pulls up with his mate, who's another psycho, and they're just kind of watching all these kids playing. And there are a lot of kids, and these, these kind of it's all American, you know. You've got this couple, this young couple, they're snogging in the car, and you've got the mom and the dad, and the two kids, a young girl, and they're putting a fairy up on the Christmas tree out in the front garden. And then they go into the house to settle down for their Christmas dinner. And Richard Lynch pulls out a fucking rocket launcher. <laughs> blows the and house he, up. And he blows up their fucking house. <laughs> and it's mental. And then he blows up all the houses in the, the street. Now, from what I understand from this documentary, Electric Boogaloo, they kind of, I think they explained that they were going to demolish this this small sort of like, mm. um, uh, you know, sort of, uh, what, not a town, do you know what I mean? Sort of neighborhood yeah um and that's why they just went to town on it but then there's like a little bit where you see the little girl and she's kind of like limping out the house and then somebody got it's it's a it's so over the top and gratuitous but it's brilliant and richard lynch as well i think one of his first um sort of like you see him where you see that he's a badass he goes to get some weapons like and he sells these drugs to this guy and it's actually billy drago uh who's another cracking bad guy from uh the colombian connection uh delta force 2 and obviously the untouchables uh, i mean he's a fucking arsehole in the untouchables um but, but and he shoots him in the balls <laughs> <You think? laughs> brilliant but then later on he does it to one of his own men he, he's got a thing about shooting people in the balls like he actually puts the fucking pistol <laughs> down the guy's trousers and shoots him in the dick <laughs> it's amazing what a bastard it's, I mean, you know, but it is it is crazy and it is over the top. And what's um, Chuck Norris, he doesn't do a lot of martial arts in this, but oh, you've got to love, he walks around with his shirt undone for most of it. He's got the tightest jeans um, and not that I was looking at his arse, but, and then he's got like these two Uzis, which he, I mean, Uzis were the gun of choice in the 80s. I mean, I just, I, I used to run around with toy guns and stuff, but Uzis were amazing. I always wanted an Uzi. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I always want you. We're going to send you to the penitentiary, Greg. <laughs> and they're going to scare this out of you, you know. I did. I always wanted an Uzi. Oh, gosh. You know, I, wanted, I, I wanted to be fucking Richard Lynch when I was a kid. That's the disturbing youth I had. Oh, wow. It's... It, it is wicked. Have you guys seen it lately or recently at all, Invasion yeah. USA? It, it was since watching Electric Boogaloo because, I, I mean, we tried to watch it, didn't we, Dave? We tried to get a copy of it to watch. Yeah. But we, I was, I think it was quite expensive on Amazon and it's one of those films I've had sold, regretted it. Um, then we tried to watch it, but I remember because it's Tom Savini did all the makeup on it. 
So it's one of those uh, movies that it's like, oh, I have to have because he did all the gore on it. And it's directed by, I can't remember his name now, but he directed, he, he was a horror director. That's why it's so grim. Because he directed like Friday the 13th Part 4, which is like the best one. And he just mm. went to town. But out of all Chuck Norris's movies, which he's done some very good ones, albeit, you know, at the detriment of enjoyment of his performance, because he doesn't do anything really, Chuck Norris, does he? He's so flat. But that film is mm. awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. It's probably my favourite Chuck Norris film. <laughs> Purely yeah. because it's just fucking, like you say, bonkers. It, oh, yeah. It's so 80s. It really is. But, um, yeah. Um, and there, there's a, a stand, I was just thinking right now, that, a bit of a spoiler, I guess, but it's a fucking, what, sort of 20, nearly 30-year-old film. But um, there's a standoff at the end, with, and they've got rocket launchers. <laughs> you know, they're sort of pointing <laughs> rocket launchers at each other. That's how crazy it is. Anyway... Finish off my films, uh, a serious film, so I guess to a certain extent is again on Netflix. No, this was on Amazon Prime, but it was uh, The Imitation Game. Have either of you seen this? Oh, that was one I was going to talk about. Yeah, I watched it just the other week, mate. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, go on. Okay, so this is um, based on real life, true life story of Alan Turing, uh, who's one of the mathematicians that helped to crack the Enigma code in. And, you know, you could argue went on to help the Allies win World War Two. Um, now, I do like history, I must admit. I, and World War Two, I don't know why. Uh, it was always something that I was always interested in as a kid. We used to enjoy reading books about World War Two. Um, I'm listening to an amazing podcast at the moment called Hardcore Histories um, and it, or Hardcore History. And it, it's um, I urge anybody to check it out. It's a really, really amazing podcast uh just one guy just is a historian talking about history different aspects and parts of history you know the lead up from world to world war one and and so on and so forth and everything mm. um so it's it is interesting to me it's sort of like because i didn't know about this story at all i knew about obviously the enigma mission and that sort of aspect of it, the people behind it, I know because there has been films about it before, hasn't there? I was thinking, was it Do Grace Scott? There was one, I think, actually called Enigma, wasn't it? If I remember right, yeah, which I haven't seen, but this this came out fairly recently. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, um, uh, Kira Knightley, uh, Rory Kinnear, Matthew Goods, sort of like uh, Charles Dance. I love Charles Dance, I mean, he's just seen, I loved him back in the sort of like 80s and 90s, but. It's like he's had a resurgence in his career since uh, Game of Thrones. He's got such an amazing voice. You know, you just kind of can't help but pay attention to him. Uh, so I'm really pleased that he's kind of like in a lot of stuff these days. Um, and yeah, that's about that's about it. I mean, you know, not to to go oh, too much over the top, because I know you're going to talk about it, Dave, and I've been talking for a while now. But uh, it is a very good film. I did enjoy it a lot. Um, it did hold my attention. I like that... It tells the story of this guy who um, was homosexual, but in the, back in those days, that was illegal. So it was like, you know, how this guy who, like I said, it wasn't even recognised up until, what was it, a couple of years ago where the, the Queen uh, post, uh, was it, awarded him uh, some recognition because there was no recognition for him, you know, for what he did. Uh, and he was in sort of like as the story as world war ii finished in the 50s you know um essentially uh medically castrated or you know was it uh sort of, you know with with drugs and you know just 
who was I think he himself described himself as like an, an odd duck or his mom said oh, I'm a bit of an odd duck you know because yeah. he, he was a very strange character in as much as you know because it, I think a lot of people who are very clever and, and geniuses have sort of strange personalities you know and um and that kind of thing and so he's very good uh, the performances are amazing as you can imagine I mean Benedict Cumberbatch is incredible um, but the one thing that if you do put your cynical hat on a little bit you know because I'm getting close to 40 uh, so you do get a little bit cynical in your old age is that there are a lot of these kind of I'd call them Oscar bait films and, yeah. and I know it's a game that they play and Miramax do it and it's around that time of year that you do get a lot of these kind of films that come out uh, I think that last year there was a space of them wasn't there that they all seem to come out around the same time you got obviously American Sniper The Theory of Everything mm. The Imitation Game uh, and it's like these type of films where it's like kind of these flawed people you know you got like you said The Theory of Everything um, Rain Man A Beautiful Mind they do seem to sort of like have it's almost like you can see the people pulling the strings you know and don't get me wrong i don't want to take away from it being a great film but it was just like you know it's 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 almost like it's marketed for that purpose alone do you know yeah. what i mean to, to to win awards um and that sounds like i'm being really down on it but this guy you know essentially designed the first ever computer you know and what went on what through his work you know it still influences people today so um yeah very 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 good film really enjoyed it so what, what do you think Dave? yeah i could just like echo everything that you've just said mate it's this and you mentioned the theory of everything as well uh which i think we mentioned a couple of episodes back uh were two films that i wanted to see but were never in the top 10 on the list of stuff you know there was always stuff that would leapfrog it and much like when I got to see the theory of everything, I like I thoroughly enjoyed it. I did with this as well. You know, I was like engaged with the story. I thought it was absolutely awful. Well, you know what he had to go through just because of his sexuality um, was just horrendous. You know, back then it just shows how times have changed quite a bit. It's still not as it should be, but it's still. When you look back, you know, not too many years ago, it's horrific. The stuff that used to go on really was, and it shows again, doesn't it? You know, that there's so many flashbang wallop films at the cinema nowadays with all superhero stuff. And you know, I'm going to talk about a film that went to the cinema to see that was a lot of flashbang wallop, but you don't always need it. You know, good story, good acting, um, you get engaged, and yeah, it, the time flew by. That it was like nearly a two-hour film, and not once did I look at my watch, which is always a sure sign that's a decent movie. You know, if I don't look at my at my watch at all, but no, I enjoyed every minute of it, mate. Yeah, just to, the director who um, who did it. I, I'm not sure. I'm going to probably going to slaughter his name. Uh, it was a Norwegian guy, uh, Morten Tidlum. Tidlum. Um, Tidum, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, he directed a film called Headhunters, which again I would recommend highly. It's yeah. a fantastic film, um, edge of your seat thriller. Um, people probably seek it out because it's got Jamie Lannister in it from Game of Thrones. But um, yeah, cracking film that is as well. Yeah, that is a great film. Ramrod, you got any uh, movies you want to talk about? You know this intimidation game, right? It's about to get this gay bloke, yeah. Yeah. And did you say he gets he gets medically castrated then? Yeah, chemically castrated. Chemically, chemically castrated. What yeah. what what do they do to him? Gave him drugs mm -hmm. and which fucked him up basically. Fucking I think hell. took took away the urge because you know it's like uh, was it the is it the changeling or changeling with Angelina Jolie? Mm. Um, and you see 
what happened to her because they basically said that she was fucking nuts, didn't they? So they did electric shock therapy and stuff like that, didn't they? So, I mean, you know yourself working in, in that field, mm. what fucking horrible shit used to happen because um, they thought people were mental. And, mm. you know, but, oh, I didn't you know. know. They seen as, as that was an illness, you know, mm-hmm. being homosexual was, was an illness rather than actually, uh, or an affliction, what people, you know, should have not... So yeah, very I, interesting film. I've, I mean, I've not watched it purposely for two words, and Kira Knightley are those two words because I just <laughs> no, she, she's quite bearable. Fuck it. I mean, did you ever see that film, A Dangerous Method? Yeah, she doesn't gurney in this. Fuck one. You're fine. me, David Cronin. <laughs> What was he thinking casting it? I mean, yeah. I only like her in Domino. I mean, it's Tony Scott's forgotten movie mm-hmm. where she played Domino Harvey, and I think she's really great, and it's a great film. All his films were great, but I just want to fucking like, shake her and go, stop being a dickhead. You know, <laughs> you've got so much opportunity. You know, you're one of those famous people in the world. Just act better. <laughs> so I, I would avoid. <laughs> I avoid movies because of her. You know, not because, you know, somebody gets castrated in it. I'd normally mm. watch because of that no um, <laughs> she's she's not in it that much and when she is no. in it she is quite bearable mate so you'll be fine i would urge you to watch it yeah oh, I'll, give, I'll give it a little look i still haven't watched fucking uh, stephen hawkins shagging his nanny and all that yet so <laughs> I, I get i need to do a bit of catching up here don't i oh. a bit of catching up you but, do uh, what have you watched though Mate, i've watched some movies i'm gonna i'm gonna fire through a few quickly go on then. um I went to watch a really shit horror film called The Gallows. Um, I don't know if you've seen the adverts on the TV for this, but they were they were ramming this down your throat on TV, saying, you've heard of Freddy, you've heard of Jason, you've heard of Leatherface. And I was like, oh, fucking what next? And then it was something like Billy and his noose. And I'm like, what the fuck? Anyway, me and Zoe's dad, while Zoe was away on holiday, me and her dad get on, we got loads in common. So we went to the, a bit of a mandate to the cinema to watch this this horror movie called The Gallows, which has been really you know hyped up in the press. It's the worst fucking film I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> fucking, it was shit. I mean, I know I had a bit of a rant in the last episode about shit things, but they seem to. I'm, I'm like a magnet for shit at the moment. The gallows was bollocks. The best thing about the the gallows was the trailer beforehand for um, Scott Cooper's new movie called Black Mass. Now Scott Cooper made this amazing film called Crazy Heart, with Jeff Bridges won the Oscar for it, um, about a down and out. Uh, country and western singer if you've never seen it seek that out it's one of the greatest fucking performances jeff bridges ever did and then he did um out of the furnace with christian bale and woody harrelson and everybody that was ever in any great film and that was good it wasn't great but it was good but he's made this film called black mass and the trailer alone for that like pissed all over the 90 minutes that came after it um and it's Johnny Depp playing this gangster. Have you seen or heard anything about this movie? No. This is what he's got an extreme hairdo, hasn't he? He's like basically, yeah, I've, I've, yeah. It's, it's, it's again, look, got like prosthetics on. He's got like crystal blue eyes and prosthetics and stuff, and he looks really bizarre because yeah. he's playing this old Irish gangster. But the fucking trailer was like, whoa! It looks like a Scorsese movie straight away. But that was better. That was better than this fucking promise of absolute terror I was given, which was The Gallows. So anybody who's thinking of getting The Gallows or going to watch The Gallows, don't watch it. Smash your face into a wall instead. Because <laughs> I promise you it'll be more horrific than what I saw in The Gallows. Um, I, I also saw uh, Southpaw, 
my review is up on the website as of today. Mm-hmm. My Ramrod's Review Rampage, it was dubbed. Um, <laughs> nice one, Dave. But the Southpaw is um, a formulaic boxing movie. You've seen it before, but it's so well done. It's so brilliantly acted, so excellently directed, and it made me cry twice. And I'm not afraid to say, even though this fat dickhead who was sitting on the end of the row eating for the best part of the movie, making a noise, nearly drained. <laughs> Honest to God, right? I don't want to get into it because I've gone on about it since I've seen the fucking movie, but this guy had a rucksack with him full of fucking food. And once he finished one bag of popcorn, he reached into his rucksack, made a noise, and pulled out strawberry laces, finished them. And back in, <laughs> oh my God, pulled out a tube of Pringles, ate them, watched them. And this is a heavy emotional rider on here you know this is a man movie this is a film you can take a lot from as a man you know it's written by a man it's written by kurt sutter who did sons of anarchy it's directed by anton fukru who did training day it's jake gyllenhaal giving it every bit of method acting you can give it it's awesome but this fat dickhead just wanted to stuff his face it's like he's doing an eating contest <laughs> God, how the fuck I didn't knock him out and go southpaw on him myself. <laughs> but I quite like going to the cinema and I don't want to have a fight there. But anyway, southpaw is excellent. Um, you know, I love sports movies. I And I don't, I don't know whether it's me because I've been, you know, into sports since I was about 12, something like that. I was a bit of a late bloomer getting into football, but I've managed youth football. I, I love boxing and everything. And sports movies have got this this weird sort of connection with me and a lot of men I should imagine where um, they're not about as I say in my review they're not about the sport really they're about the struggle the man's struggle and dealing with his pride his ego and all that and Southpaw is that and it does really you know it's all there on the screen it doesn't make you think a lot it's not the wrestler mm. you know it's and I don't think it's as good as the fighter but it's right up there and uh, there's a great performance from a, the little girl in it who plays Jake Gyllenhaal's daughter, where she's up against Jake Gyllenhaal, who's literally like vying for an Oscar with this performance, and she knocks him out the park with her performance. And I cannot bear kids in movies. I'm really finickety with their performances. They're either like they oversell it, or they're just staring at the camera and they're useless. But this little girl is magnificent in it, and um, it's really worth watching. It's a great, great movie, and it will make you cry. <laughs> Made me cry. I'm not afraid to say I cried. Um, in terms of movies as well, um, it was a documentary where me and Dave watched the other night, and that was our other thing we watched. Um, and I don't know if you're going to talk about it as well, Dave. I don't want to pinch it off you. No, no, you go with it, mate. But um, it's a it's a documentary. It came out a couple of years ago um, about uh, the filmmaker John Milius. Now. Um, John, for anybody who doesn't know, John Milius was responsible for writing the best films and directing some of the best films you may never have seen. Now, when we watched it, I didn't know he wrote Dirty Harry. I didn't know he... I knew he did Magnum Force, but I didn't know he was the mind behind Dirty Harry. I didn't know he was drafted in to polish the script for The Hunt of Red October. Um, the films he, he did write and direct and is credited with that, like Conan the Barbarian, um, Big Wednesday, which is just one of those films nobody's really seen, I don't find. You know, a couple of people have seen it. Um, it's got Gary Busey in it and William Catt and um, the other guy, what's his name, Jan Michael Vincent. And it's uh, about surfers and uh, around the Vietnam era, and it's it's such a great movie. And he wrote Apocalypse Now, of course. Um, John Milius himself was one of the alumni of uh, late sixties 
um, blossoming young filmmakers such as like George Lucas, Francis Ford Coppola, Steven Spielberg. You know, he was in good company when he was growing up. But this documentary has got talking heads from all of the above and, you know, people who starred in movies like Schwarzenegger, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott's quote is fantastic. And we laughed when we watched we it. Did, we did, yeah. Because he said, John Milius doesn't make films for women or pussies. He makes them for men. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is why I love John Milius. You know, the guy tried to create a legend of himself, you know, and he, he didn't fuck around, did he, Dave? You know, this oh, guy no. was hard drinking, hard smoking, hard living, right wing, where everybody was left wing in the 60s, you know, stop the bomb, stop the war. He was like, nah, fuck it. I want to go to Vietnam. I want to kill everybody. You know, he he thought he was trying to be controversial. So he's kind of like a Hemingway sort of character where he's always got a gun on his hip and a cigar in his mouth and, you know, he's made a solid steel. And then he, because he couldn't get into Vietnam uh, because of it was asthma or something like that, I can't recall. You know, something trivial and it it, it crushed him. So then he poured all his, his... you know, manliness into writing and he came up with Red Dawn and, you know, fucking hell, you know, the, the the list of movies he was involved with, which make you feel like you've got huge balls just for having seen them. <laughs> was ridiculous but the documentary itself was was really beautifully made and you know it painted a great picture of this man he was a controversial character but he was a he was a he was a big teddy bear really i should imagine i think he kind of played a part of john milius but his real talent was in his writing um it was a sad turn at the end though because i didn't know this although i know a lot of his movies and respect him and you know love his work i didn't know that he'd suffered this horrendous stroke as he was uh, preparing to do a movie about genghis khan which i can only imagine would have been absolutely incredible and he couldn't speak or articulate into writing anymore which was it was absolutely gutting to see this guy this absolute monster um trying to write wasn't he He was trying to write and trying Mm. to uh, get some words out on a piece of paper but his brain from this stroke won't let him do it anymore and it's such a cruel thing that's happened to him because this guy was so full of life he's a sort of bloke that i would have tattooed on my body you know i i love those characters that don't give a fuck and they live to the hilt you know and he was one of these great people um so yeah the milius documentaries any any man out there that loves cinema and loves manly men and shit like that get this documentary yeah because we talked a few times haven't we on these episodes about man movies and testosterone and you know lone survivor and you know movies like that and this if you're into that kind of movie you've just got to watch milius it's such a great documentary Milius is it's stunning and I hadn't seen a couple of these movies like I think it was the one with Paul Newman in um, Judge Roy, oh, Roy Bean yeah Roy Bean I'd never seen that you know and it's it's out there I've got to get it now to watch it because I feel like I'm a pussy to not have it seen <laughs> <laughs> you, you literally need a beer and a cigar while you watch this and just yeah. think yeah it's great to be a man sometimes isn't it we get a shit deal don't we <laughs> we get a shit deal sometimes but yeah John Milius what a fucking hero and a great well made documentary all yeah. about it um, the, the the final little thing in movies I wanted to mention was it's something I haven't seen yet but I'm very excited about there were three films I was excited about this year one was Jurassic World which blew my expectations out of the water the other one is Star Wars and there was one slap bang in the middle which was called Straight Out of Compton does anybody know anything about this one? Ooh, mm, I've that, seen that, a poster that's about all yeah I think in total film uh, last month or this month uh, they did a feature on it is this based on the 
you know, the, well, NWA, is it? Yeah, that's the movie, literally, the NWA movie. I mean, it's coming out the end of this month, and I'm, I'm so buzzed for this, because when I was growing up, I was a kid, I was into NWA, Ice-T, Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, and Anthrax and Motley Crue, and that was our thing when we were kids. So now, you know, we're grown men, me and like one of my good mates, uh, we're so buzzed for this movie, because... We, we lived this movie. Obviously, we weren't in the Watts riots and all that shit. And, you know, we haven't been persecuted for hundreds of years and we didn't make rap albums, you know. But <laughs> this this film's coming out at the end of the month and it's directed by F. Gary Gray, who directed uh, Friday, which is just one of the best, you know, black comedies ever. You know, it, it really is a great comedy movie and a great series of movies. If anybody's never seen the Friday films, they're the funniest films. The first one Gary Gray did and he's now been drafted in to direct this because he funnily have directed NWA and Ice Cube music videos back in the day so it's kind of like come full circle and he's directing this movie and it's starring like this young you know up and coming talent and Ice Cube's son is actually playing Ice Cube which is going to be really cool. <laughs> Nice. Um, yeah, Dr. Dre is also releasing a new soundtrack to go with it, and he's making new music. Now, anybody that doesn't like hip hop or knows anything about rap music will go whatever. But Dr. Dre does not make his own music anymore. He produces, he collaborates, but he's making new music to go on the soundtrack of this movie, and um, it's a huge deal. So, very excited for Straight Outta Compton. So that's the end of the month. So maybe next time we record, you're going to hear a hell of a lot about that. <laughs> nice a hell one. of a lot about it. Nice one. Nice. Um, well, I watched again. You talked about South Boy, put the review up. We've had a load of reviews go up on the website. Um, obviously, I'll give you the link to the website, everybody, at the end of the show. Uh, but I think four, five, six reviews gone up in the last couple of days. Boo! Whoa! Content, people, content. Uh, yeah, but one of the reviews that I put up today, we went to the cinema and watched Mission Impossible 5, or is it Rogue Nation? Oh. You still can't go wrong with the You can't go wrong with Tom Cruise, though, can you? You think most movie franchises, by the, franchises, by the time they get to the fifth one, you, they're sort of getting a bit flabby, aren't they? But this, no, not with these. It's good. I mean, the story's not amazing, um, but it takes the usual Mission Impossible sort of twists and turns and leaves you guessing a couple of times. You're not sure who's who or what they're going to do or are they a good guy or are they a bad guy? I mean... Now I've seen, obviously I've watched the film now, so I've watched the trailer, uh, so everybody knows about the big plane stunt, and that kicks off, the, kicks it right off from the beginning, uh, which he did. He's like, he's fucking bonkers, isn't he? Was it the last one where he was on top of that really tall building? And Yeah, he was in Dubai, wasn't he? Jesus Christ, why does he do it? It's just, <laughs> <laughs> he did, it's like a put in the review as well, he still doesn't look a day older. It's a deal with the devil there, mate, definitely. He's that's amazing. Like, I mean, we talked about him when I watched Edge of Tomorrow, and that's a fucking great film as well. And um, yeah, like you mentioned, Christopher McQuarrie, Jack Reach is a cracking film as yeah. well. So I'm pleased that this is doing well because you know that they deserve that. But I, I do agree. I haven't seen this one yet, but I think the high point for me is three. I, yeah. I mean. It's amazing to think that Brian De Palma directed the first one. Because a lot of people forget that, mm, but yeah. um, you know, considering you know, sort of all the stuff that Brian De Palma has been involved with, I, th- I haven't seen it for a while. But I think one I watched that. I remember watching that cinema when it came out and loved it. Loving it really, kind of just at the time it took um, the, the spy genre sort of and did something a little bit different. And it did have those set pieces, those moments, the bit sort of like where he's 
they break into the CIA and he's like on a wire and he's just hovering <laughs> yeah. and it's like that bead of sweat dripping down his sort of like you know the glass and he goes to catch it and it's ridiculous don't remember. but it, I think that was the first time you saw him in like doing these stunts and then obviously John Woo did the second one and then J.J. Uh, Abrams the third one and I've only seen the fourth one once and I think it, it has got its moments but you're right these these do all the right things but yeah Philip Seymour Hoffman in the third one is amazing i mean yeah. he's i mean he's not you could probably beat the shit out of him but he he has that presence that you know you wouldn't fuck with him because no. he's he's a, such a scary bad guy and you know yeah um, i think that was it with this the bad guy is he's all right but let's say philip seymour hoffman he's like the, the main one of the series so far but i would recommend everybody to go and watch it and it's a cinema film we watched it in imax and it was 2d which was mm. good as well. You know, I always prefer the 2D stuff. So the sound in it, the first scene with the plane is probably some of the best sound I've ever heard. I mean, IMAX ramps up the sound, as you found out yourself, Romro, don't you? And you as well, Chris, because you've been going to IMAX. Awesome. What, Just changes cinema, oh, yeah. doesn't it? This first scene with a film, oh my God, you'd swear it was literally going over your head. It's, you know, you feel the rumble of it. It's so loud. It's really good. Uh, I've got two things I want to cover. One is a huge recommendation for everybody and I'll leave that one till last but having recently come back from America and one of the places we visited was New York we thought oh we'll watch some like New York films just to try and keep the holiday going a little bit and Tina had never seen World Trade Center 2006 directed by Oliver Stone uh, mm. now Ramrod I know you've seen it definitely haven't you Oh, that's that'll keep the holiday mood going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we did go. We did go there. I mean, what I a went. Treat. I went. The first time I went was not, not fucking National Lampoon's Vacation. No, no. no. Fucking nine eleven. But it's because we went there. It's like I remember <laughs> the first time I went. The Twin Towers were still there, and then obviously we just been and they got the new World One um, Tower there. So we thought because Tina had never watched it, we'll watch it. And it shows all the area before and everything that goes on and. I remember the first time I watched it, I thought it it was all right. It was quite passable, but I got more, whether it's because we just come back from there, mm. I got a lot more from it. It hit me a lot harder watching it this time. Um, Oliver Stone kind of like, it's the first film he did where he doesn't do Oliver Stone. Yes. He doesn't go fucking here, there and everywhere. And I went, ooh, don't like it. But maybe, yeah, I need to watch it again. I think a rewatch is due for it, mate. I think you'll get yeah. more from it on the second viewing. I definitely, I much preferred it the second time around. But then I, you, I didn't get it either. I just mm. I found it, it was it was relentlessly grim, and obviously mm. it's a fucking horrible thick subject matter. But I don't know. It just when Cage is trapped underneath it, I just thought I I'm not I can't be doing this. I'm not in the mood for this. Do you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> <laughs> it's just screaming, and I'm like, oh. yeah. The extras I, I, are, are really good because we got it on Blu-ray, and they talk to the the real two guys that were trapped there. Wow. Uh, yeah, and they, you know they tell the stories, and there's a lot. It's a, a recommended Blu-ray. You can pick it up really cool. cheap. I think we got it for like about it was under three quid, I think, if I remember rightly. So it's well worth getting. But then that led me on. I do like my conspiracy theories. Um, don't always agree with them all, but one of the best conspiracy theory documentaries I watched um, until recently. Uh, uh, all to do with 9-11 was Loose Change I think that's one of the big ones because there's a lot been made but Loose Change was always the really big one and I really enjoyed that and then I found one that was made uh, a couple of years ago 2013 and it's called September the 11th The New Pearl Harbor 
Now, it's a documentary that's five hours long. Oh, my God. Right? It's split up into, like, three different parts. It's on YouTube. I'm sure it's available in other places, too, so you can just watch it in bits. We watched it over two nights. Um, If we hadn't started it, like, so late, we'd have watched it in one go. We'd have done the full five hours because it was absolutely fucking gripping. It was... I can't recommend this highly enough. If you've got any interest in documentaries, conspiracy theories, anything to do with 9-11... You have to watch this. Um, yeah, my go-to one, Loose Change, is now way back along second place compared to this. The stuff that they show, uh, they covered stuff that I'd never heard about before. They show footage that I'd never seen. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's some horrific stuff that goes on. Um, there was ones, you know, when the the, t- the towers collapse... And he got the thing about, oh, okay, so there's people going about, they laid um, explosives beforehand, and you can see the puffs of smoke floors below before the floors get to it. You see footage of, because of the force of when this, you know, the puff of all the the debris and everything comes out, you see somebody blown out through one of the holes. You see somebody falling through the air that's just got this huge, that is attached to this huge slab of building. There's some really horrific stuff. and we both got quite emotional watching it because, you know, it was such a horrible event. But they cover it, they go through right from the beginning. Um, okay, the the people flying the planes, what happened with all of the planes. They cover all stuff to do with that. Uh, then they cover all stuff to do with, you know, the towers going down. They cover all the Pentagon stuff. It is really, really good. So I would recommend that everybody watches September the 11th, the new Pearl Harbor. I know it's five hours, but, um, you know, Watch an hour, an hour a night over a week and get it done. Because once you watch it, you you won't be able to stop, trust me. Do we... Just talking about 9-11, just yeah. to keep the mood grim. Yes. <laughs> why not? Yeah. But um, have, you, have you seen Fahrenheit 911? Because I know that. Yes. Um, was Michael Moore was fucking massive. At, I mean, you know, bowling for Columbine. And, and then this was the follow-up. And this was a huge box office sort hmm. of like uh, release at the time. Um how I mean, I know you said it is the documentary about nine eleven, but um, what, what did you think of Fahrenheit nine eleven? Because I haven't actually seen it, but um, it's it's on my to watch list at some point. Yeah, but is it, is it, it was, any good? It was good, but unfortunately, after watching this, all the other ones just seem like a little bit of fluff because this covers everything that everybody else has already done and more. And, and goes more in depth with everything as well. Okay. Um, well. And they don't say they're not saying, okay, you know, this is the definitive thing that happened. You know, the the spiel that the US is putting out is wrong and this is right. You know, they do sort of show both sides, but they do point out so much stuff that I, we never knew. The amount of times our jaw was hitting the floor and we were looking at each other going, fucking hell, I never knew that. It's mm. Yeah, so I would really recommend it to both. I'd be very interested in what you've both got to say about it, actually, You know, if you get the time mm. to watch it. So that's the main movie stuff, Dan. Um, I have got a couple of game things I want to say. Uh, the first one, very quickly, obviously, Witcher 3. Back into the world of Witcher 3, <laughs> which I've completed. I've done wow. it. Um, Thank well you. Done, Dave. Thank you. Yeah, all the main story done. Um, majority of the side quests. All I've got left to do is I've got a few Witcher contracts to do, and I haven't even got many question marks on the maps everywhere. I'm just going through with the question marks now. Uh, so not too long, and I've got it all done and dusted until the two lots of DLC come. And I think one's like 20 hours, and one's 30 hours. So a lot more gameplay there. 
So yeah, really loved it. Really loved it. You get to bits and you think, oh, I'm near the ends now. And then three hours later, you're still nowhere near. And something else happens. And you're still playing another three hours later. But it's good. It's the game game of the year, definitely. And one that, even if you bought it brand new, even if you paid like 55 quid for it, you're going to get your money's worth for it. Mm. Easily. Uh, And one mobile game that I'm going to recommend to you. Uh, I think it cost me £2 and change. It's available, and I was put onto this. I'll give a shout out. I was put onto this by the Midlife Gamer podcast, uh, and it's called "You Must Build a Boat." So, through listening to that podcast, I thought, "Oh, I'll give it a go." Uh, now I've completed it once. I'm on the second playthrough. It took me, I think it was fourteen and a half hours to complete the first time. So, for two pound and change, you're going to get your money's worth with that. It's a two D endless runner, side scrolling from left to right. Uh, graphically, it's very eight bit. Uh, and then it's 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 a match three game, you know, like Bejeweled and then Bejeweled Begat Puzzle Quest. So you do a match three, but you've got some sort of story going on. And this takes it to like another level again. The thing that's different with it is instead of with like the likes of Bejeweled and Puzzle Quest, where you swap one tile with an adjacent one, when you swipe left and right or up and down, you move the entire row or the entire column. You don't just swap the tiles. You've got to think a little bit differently. Uh, and as you're running left to right on this endless runner, you'll meet monsters. You have to match either swords or staffs to attack them with a sword or with magic. Um, you can match crates, which will open. Uh, some will have a shield in. Some will have magic potions that you can use. Uh, you, you get health and intelligence. And you build all these up. Uh, and it's a little bit as well like um, oh, Rogue, Rogue Legacy. Mm. In the fact that you don't get very far the first time, but because you've collected health and intelligence and so on, you start off in this little farty boat. You can then spend the points um, and you can buy like upgrades. You can upgrade your sword and your staff and you can buy extra potions and you can do this and do that. And before you know it, you've got this huge boat with loads of different monsters that you've captured that will help you do different things uh, and you've got all these like different little shops that you can go to and add all the extras so you just slowly build it up i think if you like i mean i, I hesitated to use the word endless runner because i always think of oh what's the horrendous one that i don't like where you run into the screen and you're just collecting coins um shit shit not tunnel to blur i forget <laughs> Temple Run? Temple Run, yeah. It's not a thing like that. Think more Rogue Legacy. Um, If you're into that, you'll love it. But it's got that just one more go appeal to it. Because you're always collecting just enough to upgrade something. Uh, There's no... You don't have to buy anything. There's no no other financial outlay in it. Uh, Once you've paid your £2 and change, that's it, you're done. And like I say, you know, for that, and I got 14 and a half hours... Loved every minute, and I'm doing a second playthrough, uh, which adds more stuff to it again. So yeah, you must build the boat is my mobile game recommendation. How about that? Mm. Very good. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's me done. So you guys, Ramrod, you got anything? Oh mate, there's this one game that's just taken over my life, and but I have to play it with other people. And we talked about it last time. Motherfucking Rocket League. (laughs) And wow. Mate, I we need to get together and play this together because, I mean, as far as my want for scoring a goal, as I've said previously on on shows, I I'm very simple with my game. In this ticks all the fucking boxes. I mean, we we played it the other night and um, there were primal screams coming out of people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was just ridiculous. 
But what what an excellent game and addictive. One more go, yeah. One more go. Let's just switch teams and fuck yeah. the other guy up. Yeah, but what a lovely, lovely, enjoyable experience. And this is what I'm saying. I've said it before. The future of gaming is stripping it back and keeping it as simple and basic as it used to be. As You can have your Witcher all day long. Beautiful game, well constructed. But if it's two seconds, boom, you've won. Great. I'm happy. Let's do it again. Yeah, it it's is. The most, it's the purest feeling you get from video gaming. I love that fucker. It's good. It's, th- it's this and FIFA that gets us off the seat, isn't it? Because I know the night that was round at yours, I came back and I wasn't tired. So I thought, oh, I'll put the PlayStation on, put Rocket League on. And I had like an online game, one-on-one. I was 2-0 down right near the start. And then I, won. I got the third and winning goal with like 13 seconds left. And it was one of those, yes, yes. It is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just such a great feeling. I, I love it. And the, I mean, for what it is, the graphics are good. The physics are brilliant on it. Um, everything about it is really well done. I think they know they've done a really good job with it, though. Yeah. It's got the Unreal Engine as well and the mm. physics and all this. You know, they've cut no corners with it. You know, and if this was a game you could buy, I would, you know, it, it, uh, in terms of old school purchasing a game, from a shop walking in and using your hands and shit you know this would be something i would buy you know i know that's probably unheard of these days isn't it you actually go and buy a game (laughs) there's dlc (laughs) coming for it as well isn't there there's new arenas and game modes and everything oh sign me up dave yeah yeah there's new dlc incoming i'm not sure when but i read about it the other day so that's something to yeah I'll, right. I'll download that as well, mate, so you can get round and we'll have some more games. Get it. Let's, let's get online, Chris. We need to get online and we need to forge an amazing unison yeah. and we need to take on the world of Rocket League. Yeah, we can have us three, yeah. three on three, can't we? Us three versus, you know, any three randoms. Or if any listeners want to challenge us. Bring it on, Yeah, man. come on. It's the closest thing we're going to get to a threesome anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it really, it's like, true what you said like about because remember we played uh, Micro Machines I mean there's, oh, there's yeah. nothing yes. more exciting than playing something like that you know together and it is just gameplay isn't it it's pure and it's just you know you can dress games up with everything you know these days but that that's just pure you know and it's something special about that Yeah, I, I hear nothing but good things about this and I downloaded it because it was on PlayStation Plus I think it's just gone off now because mm-hmm. they've just updated their new PlayStation Plus monthly stuff um but as similar to what you were saying, it's like everybody's talking about this and it's like, mm. um, yeah, I'll play it when I'm ready. Do you know what I mean? Instead of people saying, oh, you must play this. It's mm. like, yeah, I've got shitloads to play at the minute. But I I know it's one of those. I'm probably going to play it at the weekend because my mate's going to come around. And I, I, he hasn't played it. Uh, so we're going to give it a go. Oh, well, there you I, go then, Ramrod. If you come round, we can have two, two on two. We'll take them. All right, then. All right, then we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll set it up and we'll do it. But be, bear in mind, I am brutally competitive. <laughs> and I've got a little Welsh flag on my car. <laughs> oh, it's so much fun. I've just, it, it's really like made me happy playing it. And, yeah. you know, I love playing a game and getting involved in it, but doing it with a smile on my face and punching the air that you can't buy that shit. It's great. We well, can buy it. Obviously, yeah. it's there. It's real. Go and buy it. <laughs> Wait, Rocket League and fucking let's bring it. Take me on, bitch. Yeah, Chris. Right. Okay. What have you got? I, I've got a few. So you know, you usually have a rant about uh, bosses and stuff like that. Oh yes. So I finished uh, the DLC for uh, Batman Arkham Origins because I'm going through them. Um, I really enjoyed it for the most part. 
I hadn't played City, and I'm playing that through that now. And I can see why people would have been a bit sort of like fed up with Origins because it is essentially the same game as City. You know, open world, sort of like you know, fly here, use your grappling hook to go around, and you know, there's missions, there's side missions, etc. But you know, I I really enjoyed it. You know, and uh, so the DLC. Uh, it's called A Cold Hold, Cold Cold Heart. I can't remember if I talked about it last time. I think I'd probably just started it, but I've finished it now and I've completed that. And this one's all about Mr. Freeze, and it's a smaller portion of the main sort of like uh, Arkham City or whatever. And um, so it's frozen, and uh, you've got to sort of save the day and everything else. So obviously you're fucking Batman. But so the, the one thing I was going to rant about is... Uh, it's it's really good, you know, for a slice of DLC, and uh, you get your money's worth out of it. But the last boss is a complete and utter twat, and and I'm generally <laughs> speaking, it's just like frustrating for, for the sake of it. Imagine this, right? So, um, with, with if you've played any of the Arkham games, you know, Asylum, whatever, you you've got like a stealth mechanic kind of thing. You've got a predator mode. You can swing between the gargoyles and in across the ceiling to sort of like get away from bad guys. There's a central post where Mr. Freeze is there, he wanders around randomly, you can see his cone of vision, so you know where he's looking. If he sees you, he will freeze you, which, uh, it takes away your energy, but you can break out of it. There are also armed guards, and because you're Batman, you can die, you know, you're not like fucking Superman, so if you get shot a few times, you will die. Uh, they're wandering around, and you can take them out, but as soon as you take them out, they're then replaced by another three or four guys so it's like the, it's relentless you have to there's two stages to the boss you have to uh destroy these computers then um you have to then take out mr freeze and it's like you can't just punch him you have to do these special takedown maneuvers which are in the game so it's like kind of sneak up behind him or hide behind a corner or hide under a vent and then do these takedowns but you can't just do the same one over and over again you got to do different ones and it's like, fucking boss, it took me about an hour, you know, but I'm a belligerent when it comes to stuff like this. I won't, I don't like the feeling that the computer's taking the piss out of me, you know, <laughs> or it's sort of like, I won't let it beat me. So I will just kind of like go, fuck you, I'm going to do it. And I did it in the end, but it's just, I see where you're coming from, Dave, and it's just pissing me off. But anyway, so the one the game I do want to talk about in a little bit of detail is interesting because and it's, it, I'd like, that's why I like doing the show and talking about video games and stuff like that and, and films is that because we all have different opinions on stuff hmm. because I know you didn't like Alien Isolation at all did you? You, you traded it in fairly yeah, quickly. we were both the same weren't we? I just fucking I was just sick of waiting to see the pissing alien <laughs> it just didn't uh, it didn't appear it, it is a so how far did you get, Dave, just out of interest? Uh, I did see an alien. Oh, I can't remember. There was one stupid bit where oh, I was like in the middle of this hub section and I had to keep going back and to using these lifts. Or That's the bit I got to, mate. Yeah, and it was like, oh, and you've got to do them in a certain order, I think. And I just got so fed up with it and it was taking so long that I, no, it just it started to grate on me, and I, I've got to admit I've seen it. It's been on PSN sales a few times, and I think it was as low as like about a tenner at one point. Mm. And I was I was sort of tempted. Thought, well, no, I mean I was into Witcher obviously then, so that was taking all the time. But I might give it another go in the future. But having said that, it's kind of doubtful. I think. Okay, well, if you want, I can send it to you because I've finished it now, and uh, okay. so I'm not going to play it again. But it's the best Alien game 
I've played, uh, and now I'm, I mean, I'm going back to sort of like the first Alien game I played was on the Spectrum, and it was Aliens, and it was like a first-person game where you kind of like you took the, uh, you had six characters, you know, from sort of like Hicks, uh, Hudson, not Hudson, I think it was Hudson, uh, Burke, you know, Ripley, you know, uh, all, all those, and it was like that was my first experience of an Aliens game. Then there's obviously been ones. Colonial Marines is the biggest pile of shit, um, in my opinion. It was just overhyped and what they delivered was just a mess it, it really was but um this is the the best recreation of alien the film that i think we're ever we're going to get in a, in a video game form it is very slow burn you don't see the alien for probably maybe an hour and a half into the game which it's weird considering it's an alien game but you know <laughs> The sound design in it is amazing. If you sit and play this in the dark with earphones on, it's like this ship is alive and desolate at the same time. It's like it creaks and it moves. And with earphones in particular, it's very useful with the alien because you can hear the alien sort of moving in the vents above you and behind you and around you. And it does give you a bit of a hint as to where it's going to be because this fucking alien, the way that they've designed it in terms of the AI, I've done a few levels the same because it's, it's quite an old school game because it's manual saves as well. So, but it's like um, if you don't save, you could be going back, say, you know, a good 10, 15 minutes if you haven't done a save, whatever. But I've died on the same part a few times and the alien has killed me in different ways. It's, it's random. Do you know what I mean? It's either appeared in a vent above me or it's followed me into a, a, like a crawl space and it's, it keeps you on your toes for the first half of the game and then not only that is i don't know if you encountered the sort of like the androids these are like the synthetics which you know like um bishop in aliens he looked like or ash he looked like a human but obviously he was an an android he was a synthetic whereas these like a kind of like um if if you go back to terminator you've obviously got the t800s which look human but then the t600s prior to that they kind of like you can tell that they're fake but they've tried mm. to recreate a human and they're very much like that these kind of like robots but they've and they they look robotic but they kind of look human at the same time but they've got robotic faces um but they speak in kind of like it's like it's very chilling because that these a these uh synthetics are kind of like you, you, you have to avoid them you can take them out you do get a pistol at some points but it, it takes about a good seven headshots to, to sort of take them down. But they're sort of like, they stalk you if they find you, but they like they don't run after you. They just slowly, they're like Michael Myers, but in <laughs> robotic form. You know, they kind of like follow you and they will say, don't worry, it'll be all fine. And don't struggle, it'll be quiet soon. And just say really kind of like creepy things like that. One of the creepiest aspects of the game, you know, forget the alien for a second because that's just tension. But it's just, I love the, and the graphically it looks amazing as well because it's sort of like it does that thing when you get your motion tracker. I don't know if you you got that far where you actually get your motion tracker, that just adds another level to the game. And it probably would have helped because that does, but the more you unlock, the easier the game gets because at some points you get a flamethrower because. At the start, the alien is instant death. You know, if the alien sees you, you are fucked. You you know, there's no kind of retries or whatever. You can't get away from it. You're just dead. Mm -hmm. But once you get the flamethrower, you can scare it off and it will run off into a vent. And it gives you that sort of like extra few seconds to find somewhere to hide under a table or go somewhere or do something. So it does sort of like the the longer you play, the easier the game gets and it loses that little bit of tension. But so when you get your motion tracker, if you hold it up, it's... um, 
not only does it beep obviously when there are things around you which is really creepy but it will highlight which way you've got to go so that will probably help so you don't get lost and stuff like that because the map system is a little bit confusing i you know i admit that but it does that thing where you've got your field of vision it's sort of like when you hold up your motion track your eyes are focused on that if you push down on left trigger it focuses on the distance and things blur it looks amazing and that's such a really nice touch um so i've loved it it's it's about an 18 hour game you know it's quite long probably could have done with maybe a few hours being shaved off it but i loved it from start i think it's like i said the best recreation of an alien game i think we're ever going to get it just it it's it captures that mood. It's like these, uh, they're in a fucking spaceship, but everything <laughs> is so antiquated, antiquated. It's like they have to, they, uh, they've got old school generators where they have to like literally move, you know, pump it to get it started, you know, or uh, sort of like these old keyboards and old screens. And I know it was 1979, so that's what they had to work on. I thought that was futuristic, but it's like th- this ship could fall apart at any time. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it's, I loved it. I thought it was a great game, and and I will send it to you if you so you yeah. can play it. Yeah, that'd be good. Give it mate. another go. Yeah, I think give it another go. Embrace it because like last year, and this is the thing. Right, I, I've talked about it on the same coin. I'm not going to buy any more games for a financial reason, but I'm not going to buy any more games um, for at least six months. I'm always going to be six months behind the curve. I, I don't, there may be one or two, which but this year in particular, I'm just not going to buy any more new games. Because last year, I bought Alien Isolation for 55 quid on day one. I played it for about three hours, and then I just didn't play it anymore. Because I always thought, on the horizon, there's another game coming out next week, and I really want to play that. Then there's another game coming out, and it kind of gets forgotten about, and they become yeah. a little bit sort of um, throwaway, these games do, which is a, a, a shame because, you know something like this it i've enjoyed it now because i don't feel any pressure to buy something new or to play the next new big thing you know what i mean and, and it's a shame because it, these games come out like between now and christmas it's going to be mental you know there's so many games coming out that people are just going to and i, I read a, an article i think keza mcdonald did it for i think it's kataka uk and it was um it was an argument about not buying games day one because i you know a lot of the time they need patches or if like you said the other week the witchers had about three or four patches you know and that worked generally speaking on day one mm. but it's just been refined and it works better you yeah. know what i mean so there's an argument to not buy games straight away yeah but anyway the last game i will very quickly talk about is uh, and i've only just started playing it so i can't talk about it for too much too long but it's called the vanishing of ethan carter i don't know if you've heard of this it's just come on playstation network no uh, it's been out on pc for about a year um I only played about an hour of it so far, but it's a first-person kind of detective. Uh, it, it even says at the start of the game, this game does not hold you by the hand. It's a narrative uh, adventure kind of thing. It's it's uh, So you're first-person. Um, you are... It's set in the, the early 70s, and you are like a psychic kind of detective, and you get a letter from this kid called Ethan Carter, obviously, and he, it's like you are going to this sort of small town that's uh, been abandoned, and there's something not quite right, and it's... Uh, there's, there's a, a very sort of like um, nice tone to it, in his, especially if you play it with headphones on. It's like a, a sort of, a, a, like again, you're this detective, you you find clues and you can examine things. There's no fighting, there's no nothing. I don't even know if you could die in it. It's <laughs> it kind of reminds me a lot of games like Mist. If you, you remember oh yeah, I remember like that, that one, yeah. You know, sort of like you're wandering around this, this place and you're just uncovering things. 
it's a very sort of slow pace. I, I like this, I like the music of it. The, the 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 standout thing for me is that, that, that this is one of the first games I've seen running on the Unreal Engine Four. You mentioned Unreal Engine earlier on, Ramrod, but uh, Unreal Engine Four is is obviously the new version. I think a lot of games on 360 and PS3 ran on Unreal Engine Three. This is it's almost like the step up from when you first when you watched films on VHS for years and you 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 first watched a DVD and you thought fuck. Or, you know, jumping from a DVD to a Blu-ray. It's yeah. like that level of clarity and that level of detail. It's one of the best-looking games I've played, and this is a downloadable title. So you think what they've got to sort of, like, come when they actually, you know, put some money behind it. Unreal Engine 4, it's it's going to look... Some of these games we're going to get in the future are going to look amazing. But um, I'll report back more on it next time, because I've heard it, it's like a four-hour game. Um, and it's, it's good. I like it. There's voiceover. You're not quite sure whether this kid has been murdered by his family whether he's just disappeared whether he's been taken by a cult whether there's something supernatural going on uh it's very creepy it is a good game though I like it so far nice one yeah i'll keep an eye open for that myself too have a look at it mm. yeah it's a mood game get a glass of wine turn yeah. the lights down put the earphones on and just kind of lose yourself wandering around this this small sleepy village good sounds very good that sounds ace that yeah. i'm really gutted i'm missing out on all these great little games coming out <laughs> I They'll get to be there. snatch them now and again, like a little yeah. goal. Yeah. I, I've cool. had a look at a game, uh, just to interject there. Um, when I go over to my other sister's house, Jen, she's always, we were always watching Delirious and his little gang on YouTube doing their little gameplay things. I don't know if you've seen their videos. But um, these guys are hilarious from America. And we always watch them, and then she'll show me some footage. And uh, there's another one um, called... Um, Oh shit! And the titles escape me now. I think it's, <laughs> it's about the. Um, remember that film? This is the end. What's that thing called when all the Christians get taken up to heaven? The Rapture. Yeah. It's a game based on that. I don't know if you've seen any footage of it. No. I think no. it's called. Uh, I think it's called After the Rapture, or it might be wrong the title, but I'll get back to you on the next episode. Okay. Um, but it's set in a, a a small Shropshire village, and they've recreated surroundings that we'd be really, you know familiar with like it looks like Turk it looks like where we live or it looks like a little village and the rapture's happened and all these people have been taken off into the other world and you're left to pick up the pieces of what's happened but there's ghosts and trails and things like that you've got to look into I mean I don't know what the actual dynamic of the game is and what you've got to do in it um, but the, 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 what it looks like is like something I would really love to play it looks really chilled and nice but there's some sort of spooky element that you know everybody's been taken up so there's like cars which are like parked on the road and the doors are hanging open um there's barbecue still being cooked in the back garden but there's nobody there you know and windows are open there's a you know there's a pie on the window but there's nobody cooking <laughs> everybody's everybody's gone everybody's disappeared and you're there but you get these little wispy sort of ghost trails everywhere and you've got to kind of do a detective job and kind of piece together the little parts of what it is. And it was only kind of, I think it was shown at like E3 and it was like a rough sort of idea of what, what it's going to look like. But it looks amazing. It's not in LA in the future. It's in a little quiet Shropshire village where there's, you know, tractors and everything's green and lush. But there's horrible, you know, supernatural things happened there. Um, but I'll, I'll try and find out what the title was. But um, I think it's, it's something to do with the rapture. Yeah, everybody's gone to the rapture. That's that's the one. You've it. got it. 
but that looks like you know if I was going to get into a game something and it's like I say it's so relatable because it looks like where I live <laughs> which is really creepy you know because trying to relate to you know you know watchdogs you know it might be great and awesome but it's in a big city and it's all fast and furious but this is quiet there's nobody there and you're just left on your own wandering around it looks sumptuous it looks fantastic mm. so I'm going to keep an eye on that one for myself yeah nice one cool. awesome is that it are we done I think so. I think we are, aren't we? We've had I, some... haven't, I haven't had a wee. Bloody hell. I know, oh. right, I've made it. Well done, <laughs> sir. Well done. Well done, mate. <laughs> well, we've got some good recommendations across the board, I think, haven't we, on everything now? Mm. Yeah, that was good. It's, it's nice to talk to you all, as mm. always. I think well, we've run the gamut, haven't we? We've gone from, what, you know, masturbation yeah um making sure that your bells are looked after yeah prostitutes <laughs> yeah uh you know male rape Everything. scaring people straight yeah <laughs> and, and some movies and games and tv i think the what biggest recommendation is definitely uh city massage in sheffield then wasn't it that was <laughs> <laughs> that's where i'm going yeah, we're, we're going there now let's all go uh, jumping in the fucking car right now <laughs> i love it nice ramrod where can people find you online then you can find me at on Twitter at ramrods underscore ghost. Same for Instagram. And um, don't turn up at my house again because I won't be there. Yeah. Chris, what about you, mate? At Dastardly Jabby on Twitter. Very good. And with that, we are done. Would you like to say your farewells? Fairly well. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> Au revoir. You can go for a wee now, mate. I'm bursting, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't farted once, though. Nice. <laughs> right then, before you all go dashing off to City Massage in Sheffield, uh, please take a minute to visit the website where you'll find all the content that we talked about, all the reviews that we keep putting up all the time. Uh, you'll find the podcast notes for this episode. Uh, you'll also find a contact us form where if you want to send us an email, you can uh, fill in the form there. You can also send us an email direct which is contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. You could like our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash 60minuteswith. And you could follow us on Twitter too. We're at 60minuteswith. All of those, again, as always, are with the numerical 60 and not the uh, alphabetical one. So thank you for listening. Whoever you are, wherever you are, stay subscribed, and we'll be back again soon.